My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it is the WNR UK Special Part 2. Two! But let's, before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. When Britain's first, at heaven's command, arose from out the Azor main. Arose from, arose from out the Azor main. This was the charter, the charter of the land, and the guardian angel sang this strain. Rule Britannia, Britannia rules the waves. Britons never, ever, ever shall be slaves. Rule Britannia, Britons rules the waves. Britons never shall be slaves. That is Rule Britannia, and that is it for the alternate intro. There's a lot about slaves there. <laughs> there is, there is. We shall never be slaves. <clears throat> Well, ever since we started this podcast, the British wrestling scene has flourished. Now, as 2018 comes to an end, there is more UK content than ever. So, on the second part, we will rate and review not only NXT UK, but Rev Pro and World of Sport. So, without any further ado, let's get started. Well, we delayed the release of the UK special after we got some very sad news. The Dynamite Kid, Tom Billington, passed away on his birthday at the age of 60. After suffering from numerous illnesses over two decades, he's also wheelchair-bound due to leg and back injuries he sustained in the ring. Legendary British wrestler Marty Jones broke the news earlier today via his Twitter. It's with great sadness I have to inform you all that the Dynamite Kid Tommy Billington on his birthday has passed away. A true British ambassador for wrestling worldwide, RIP Kid, condolences to Mark and his family, Marty Jones. Tom Billington was born in Goulburn, Lancashire, in 1958. He made his wrestling debut in 1975 where he worked for Max Crabtree on World of Sport. He won numerous titles including the British welterweight and light heavyweight titles. He moved on to Stampede Wrestling where his stature grew further leading to a tour with New Japan Pro Wrestling. His run in just legendary battles with Tiger Mask which many people see as putting junior heavyweight wrestling on the map. Billington went on to win the WF Light Headbreak title, which was only defended in Japan, defeating the Cobra in the tournament final. He then gained notoriety in WWF, where he teamed with the Davy Boy Smith to form the British Bulldogs. Alongside their faithful dog Matilda, they captured the WWF Tag Team titles at WrestleMania 2 
two. Defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. In Nineton suffered a serious back injury in a tag team match in Hamilton, Ontario. His final match in WF was part of a victorious team at the 1998 Survivor Series. And, you know, a bit of information about one of his injuries. Hang on. In one of these matches with the Bulldogs that he couldn't actually make it to the ring. He was in hospital and Bulldog he back him to the ring to go into the apron to be knocked down for Bulldog to basically wrestle and then lose the match. Luckily it was only 90 seconds but, you know, Dynamite Kid's body absolutely broke down there, you know. After leaving the WF though, he went to Stampede Wrestling winning the International Tag Team Championship and also worked in All Japan Pro Wrestling winning the All Asia Tag Team Championship. Well, Billington announced his retirement in 1991 but returned to All Japan in 93 and wrestled his final Shinoku Pro in 1996. Yeah, and I mean, the Dynamite Kid is a kind of an absolute legend, not only in Britain, but around the world as well, because, like you say, he, he redefined the sport as it was. You know, from the era of giant haystacks and Big Daddy and people like that, this guy kind of brought it, and uh, it was it, it, a lot of people based their careers are based on moves. Most famously, Chris Benoit is one of those who saw how he wrestled and diving headbutt and stuff like this, and took it to the... Uh, we are going to have a couple of examples of Bulldog matches uh, in a minute, but we're just going to talk about the wrestling world's already been pouring its condolences to the Dynamite Kid. You had Davey Boy Smith Jr., son of the legendary Davey Boy Smith, Professional wrestling as we knew it today, he flew high and gave his all in every match. Thanks to everything and sad to have lost another family member. Rest in peace, Dino. Will Ospreay said, I heard the news that Tom Billington and also known as Dynamite Kid. Thank you for all the work you've done for our country and inspiring so many wrestlers to take a chance on themselves. R.I.P. Dynamite. Page went, damn, R.I.P. Dynamite Kid. Well, Bret Hart said there are people in their life that have a ripple effect both professionally and personally. Dynamite Kid was one of those people. The second professional wrestling match of my career was against Dynamite. Benefited from his greatness and through our matches in Stampede, WWE and everywhere in between, I became a better wrestler because of him. Dynamite truly was the best wrestler ever, pound for pound. Tom was family, my brother-in-law, and we were very close. In many ways, I felt like one of the few people who truly knew him, both the good and the bad. I saw Tom one final time this past June in England, and I can only hope he is finally at peace. My thoughts were with his children, Brown, Marik, and Amaris, and the entire Billeting family. And from Bret Hartlow, actually. That is a lot of class, yeah. You had uh, Natalia, she went on to say, saddened to hear the passing of Dynamite Kid. One of the greatest professional wrestlers to ever lace up a pair of wrestling boots. My dad said Dynamite Kid was his favourite person to wrestle, hands down. Dynamite was a wrestler who truly gave it his all, whether he was competing in England, Japan, WWE or in Stampede Wrestling, for my grandpa. He poured his heart and soul into matches. He sacked to be the very best. Bret Hart described Dynamite Kid as being pound for pound one of the greatest wrestlers who ever lived. My thoughts and prayers go out to his family. The Iron Sheet said, excellent worker inside the ring, tough man outside. God bless the Dynamite Kid. Um, Bruce Bob Beefcake went on to say, sad to hear that Dynamite Kid has passed away. R.I.P. brother. Chris Jericho said he was one of the greatest who ever laced up boots. He was a huge influence on me since 1986. He once told me to fuck off egg, and he is a true legend and pioneer in our business. Lance Storm said, every wrestler under £200 likely owes a debt of gratitude to the Dynamite Kid. He inspired so many to help change the sport. In the ring, he was incredible. The only wrestling t-shirt I ever purchased was a British Bulldog shirt, which I wore to WrestleMania 4. R.I.P. 
Kyle O'Reilly says, Salon 2 about the past on a Dynamite kid. There was a time I watched every Dynamite match I could get my hands on, including the tribute video countless times. So like many attempts at recreating his magic, I would never come close. Frankie Kazarian, RIP Dynamite kid, one of my first favourites. One of the first to make me realise that amongst the larger-than-life wrestling characters in the 80s, there were straight-up incredibly athletic wrestlers. A true game-changer in every sense of the word. Godspeed. Cassie, as many Dynamite Kid matches as possible today, particularly his matches with Tiger Mask. He was before his time, as influential as any professional wrestler in the last 40 years. And my man TJP went on to say, Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask made me want to be in New Japan when I was younger. Even more so than the WWF. My first ever real job in wrestling happened to be in New Japan as soon as I graduated high school and turned 18. To say it was an honour to step into the ring in the company where these two what we know as today as cruiserweights is an understatement. I'm very sad to hear that we lost Dynamite. My man Mauro Ronaldo says I grew up watching him tear the house down weekly on Stampede Wrestling TV show. He's one of my favourite in-ring performers, especially his matches with Sato Satimara, a.k.a. the original Tiger Mask in Japan. RIP Tommy Dynamite Kid. Tyler Bates said gutted to one of my heroes and biggest inspirations, RIP Dynamite Kid. And finally, El Liguero, part of NXT UK, said one of the most important pioneers the wrestling world has ever had a true worker who was years ahead of his time and someone who inspires so many wrestlers uh, and will for generations to come. You know, rest in peace, Dynamite Kid. And finally, Jeff Jarrett, that's T, said thoughts and prayers to all the family and friends of Tom Dynamite Kid Billington, a true in-ring pioneer in the professional wrestling industry, RIP. And at a house show on December the f- uh, 6th, Natalia uh, paid tribute to Dynamite Kid with a flying headbutt uh, through a table onto Sarah Logan at House Show as well. And there's videos online if you do want to see that. Uh, but seeing as everybody's been talking about it, Dan, shall we have a look at a couple of the Dynamite Kids matches? Because it's all well and good being talking. Like I said, these matches were 30 years ago now. You know, they're, they're high praise indeed, aren't they, from people? Well, I can say that I have never watched a Dynamite Kid match. Yeah, it's a singles match, yeah. We've definitely seen the Bulldogs on the oh, podcast, yeah. but I don't think we've seen, like say, a singles match. So we're going to watch a couple now. And the first up, weirdly enough, Superstar Picks, which is a thing they do every month for the network. Uh, Becky Lynch's picks. She picks out the Dynamite, uh, Tiger Mask versus the Dynamite Kid, saying they're both ahead of the time. So let's just watch a match and just see if they were or not. Because, you know, <laughs> say... But we're going to try and see if it's true or not. So we've got the Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So August 30th, 1982, Madison Square Garden. He's a small guy. He put on so much muscle mass. Him and David Boy Smith, you know, 140, 80 pounds. That even Becky Lynch is saying, you can't not be a wrestling fan and not enjoy this. And we're doing on the UK special here. He looks like Benoit. He looks like Benoit. <laughs> well, Benoit looks like him. And Rey Mysterio nicked the 619 from Tiger Mask. I suppose, I suppose, I suppose. <laughs> Not many people are used to this. You know, you might see people in masks, but usually big, angry giants. Not small guys. And these two guys, you know, we get in the cruiserweight division nowadays. There's all of my... I mean, also very similar to Neville as well, in that way, yeah. kind of that build that you've got. Very well built. I mean, the guy's, you know, definitely got a six-pack. He gets taken down there by Tiger Mask so quick. But now Dynamite grabs the arm. Tiger Mask managing <laughs> to flip out of it, but Dynamite Kid doing exactly the same, and it's going again to a stalemate. 
And then power there by Dynamite goes for the elbow. Tiger Mask moves. Then catches them quick. I mean, this is the 80s. Do you think how quick it is, you know? Yeah. I was absolutely loving it as well. Not a mobile phone in sight. Everyone just absorbed in what's going on in the ring. And talk about how slow wrestling was back then. So he says 194 pounds is Tiger Mask. <laughs> Spinning around, drop tie hold. You know, you talk about chemistry as well between wrestlers. These guys must have fought hundreds, if not thousands of times, you know, throughout the years in Japan, coming to America, you know. So association or something like Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, you know, these are the guys that were doing it a decade before and influenced that style coming through. Nice rope, right back on the offensive. Well, he didn't need to use ropes usually, you know what I mean? As I say, there were no people going up as Dynamite comes off the second. <laughs> Now, Dynamite picks him up for gut wrench, drops him down, goes for cover, but Mask, Tiger Mask managing to get up at two. Two. Now, Dynamite got, yeah, got a sleeper on just trying to uh, wear down Tiger Mask. And, you know, the escape from the hisses is nothing that you wouldn't see today. I mean, you know, a lot of wrestlers must have used this as inspiration yeah. to, you know, put into their own repertoires. Both men up and a kick by Dynamite and a headbutt, big knife edge chop. Dynamite. Irish whipping Tiger Mask into the turnbuckle. Oh, gut wrench arm drag there was the uh, was a response. <laughs> Tiger Mask is so quick, can hardly catch up of it. Backdrop to Dynamite, who falls to the outside. Tiger Mask looking to suicide dive him, but does a six one nine and ends up back in the ring. And the fans definitely are appreciating this. As am I, I'm, I'm absolutely loving this. There's nothing that wouldn't be out of place nowadays. And just so quick as well, it's Tiger Mask, the same with Dynamite. I mean, like I said, it's a shame. You, nowadays, you know, you would say the Dynamite, you know, oh my God. Yeah, he reminds me of Buddy Murphy. No, someone good, James. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm saying. Putting in the performances, takes down Tiger Mask. Dynamite kid trying to slow this down now. He's got a inverted f- figure four. Let's not forget, he learned his stampede wrestling. Hart was there teaching submissions, married into the Hart family. There's, he's going to know his way around the ring technically as well. Now, this is nearly 40 years ago. 36 years ago, this is it. This has taken place. And Dynamite's up to his feet with Tiger Mask. Pulls him into the ropes. And as Tiger blocks the kick, he hits the insecurity. you got to wonder how many insecurities were hit at this time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he's going all the way up. Looking for that diving headbutt, but Tiger Mask moves out of the way. And now can he take advantage of Dynamite's error? Suplexes him down. Now Tiger Mask going up. Twisting Moonsault. Goes for the cover. Gets it. And a victory for Tiger Mask. Absolutely brilliant ringer of a match there. I think it just proves some people can be a little bit, what's the right word? You know, a bit negative of stuff that's happened in the past. You know, oh, this is 20 years ago. This is 30 years ago. You know, this is... 30, like I said, 36 years ago, and yet it still feels like it's something you would see on 2i5 Live. You talk about guys influencing, you know, people like Chris Jericho have said this, Chris Benoit, you, you know Eddie at Rey Mysterio have been watching people like Tiger Mask and obviously trying to base it off him, you know. Like, I'm not saying he he completely took the idea, but you can see from Tiger Mask yeah. exactly what it's like, you know. And I think it proves that Dynamite, even if he's slightly bigger in this match than Tiger Mask, they just put on such a great effort, you know, and you could see these guys uh, wrestling for, you know, I mean, this was, what, eight minutes? I, I could see these wrestling for 25 minutes. Problem with that either, you know, so. Yeah, most definitely. 
All right, so let's move on. There's something great on the WF Home Video Classics. It is the British Bulldogs. Uh, October 15th, 1986 is where it says it is, is the match that we're going to try and watch now. Uh, but it's, it's 90 minutes long, and you get a couple of, Bulldog, a couple of British Bulldog matches and single matches, and we're just going to single out a singles match now. And it's going to be Bret Hart versus the Dynamite Kid, because we all know how great Bret Hart is. But this is, like we say, 1986, way before the hitman that we all know and love. Well, he's not in pink and black. He's in blue and black. And it's when the Heart Foundation slight, you know, just begins to start out. And Dynamite Kid now part of the Bulldogs. I mean, look how young Brett looks here. Who would have thought that man would become the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be? There is not that much difference in size between him and Dynamite. You could argue Dynamite's in better shape at this moment in time. Oh, fucking hell. Especially from the last match we saw. You can definitely see he's putting on muscle mass as, you know, the the uh, the matches go on. It looks like Chris Benoit. We've got Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes. Commentary, Brett will elite frog there. And Dynamite caught him. Slingshot into the top turnbuckle. Hitman goes to the outside. And now Dynamite's going up to the top. But Brett, being uh, wise, is walking around away from the Dynamite kid. And Brett's back in now after taking a breathe on the outside, cutting over a tie-up, cutting the corner to get the advantage on Dynamite. Irish whip. Oh, Brett Hart looking for the kick to the midsection, but getting caught by Dynamite. Oh, Atomic Drop just drops Brett on the mat. You know, we talk about the chemistry Tiger Mask and Dynamite had in the last match and in this one here. You know, Brett's saying that he's his second match of his career against Dynamite. So just imagine how many times he trained with him, how many times that they actually fought each other in the ring. Lovely snap suplex. Goes for the cover, but Brett managing to kick out. Oh. Well, this is presented in the most complete form possible due to original production technical difficulties. That's why we had a little bit of trouble with it so far. But both men reversing each other. Now Dynamite getting ahead of steam. Well, Brett Hack and Dynamite went underneath the bottom rope slightly and then Brett Kind of flew between the second and third ropes. And now Brett's recovered and back in. Let's take his time now. And that is lovely by Dynamite. Got hold of Brett. Managing to Northern Light. Suplex him. Grabs the arm. But Brett nips up. Grabs a handful of hair and just drags Dynamite Kid to the mat. And Brett showing his uh, speed and agility. Irish rip now to Dynamite. And he's huge knees to the midsection. Turn Dynamite Kid inside out. And Bret Hart, kind of his uh, heelish self, going to the hair a couple of times. And comes down off the second rope, smashing Dynamite in the head. And again with the elbow. And a lovely leg drop there. It's just it, Bret Hart is perfect in some of the things he does in the ring. And Dynamite now selling his best, getting sent into that top turnbuckle. In only his second match. Oh my God, and they've gone to the outside now. And Bret picks up Dynamite, slams him down. But Dan, there's no mats there. There isn't any wafer fin mats there, let alone mats. Mats. So he just slams them on the cold, hard concrete floor. Gorilla Monsoon and Alfred Hayes both calling for a disqualification for Bret Hart. And I agree with them. But the ref giving him the benefit of the doubt. Bret Hart continues to work on the back, delivers a backbreaker, goes for a cover. But Dynamite Kid managed. Uh, and I'll tell you what is weird, going back and seeing Bret back then, a lot of things he just he learnt very early on. And then kept doing, if you know what I mean. Just that yeah. little passage there. I mean, that is just so Bret Hart. It's dynamite now. Sunset flip. Ooh. Rolls up Bret, but Bret managing to kick out. Ah. Uh. 
And Brett, you know, going for the stomp to the gut. Kept hold of that leg after the pen attempt by Dynamite. And a headbutt, but I don't know how clever that is from Brett. We know how hard Dynamite's head is. Catching him with uppercut. Upper what? Upper what? Brett saying he's the man. Another uppercut and a back elbow. Tries it again, but Dynamite this time catches him in a backslide. But Brett managing to kick out. Uh Irish whip and again, breaker. Dynamite kid spinning all the way through and delivering a bank breaker of his own to Brett. Finally getting some separation. Now both men are down. Oh, now Brett just hanging up Dynamite on those ropes. He's got caught then. Dynamite can't go anywhere. Brett is going to run the ropes now. Oh, Dynamite manages to escape. Brett crutches himself on the top rope. I tell you something, the ropes are a lot tighter than they were in the last match we saw. If he done not last match, he's going to fly until maybe the full throw there. Yeah. But they still seem quite loose there. Well, Brett tested that they're all right at the moment. Now Dynamite's back in this match. Runs through Brett with a thunderous clothesline. I mean, is it scary how similar he is to Chris Benoit? It is very scary. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, it must be weird going back and watching it if you've never seen Dynamite before. Honestly, I, I would have put <laughs> dollars to donuts so that was Chris Benoit in the ring with him. I know, that short arm clothesline, everything there, wasn't it? You know? Yeah. You know, even the fucking <laughs> head back. Standing first into the turnbuckles as well. I mean, did Benoit actually come up with any of his own moves? <laughs> yeah. Apart from killing his wife and kid, of course. Well, Brett there caught in that top turnbuckle. And Dynamite with a knee. Goes for the cover. Brett gets shoulder up at two. Two. Well, Benoit would have been known as one of the greatest of all times, obviously, if he hadn't done that. So, it, does it tarnish Dynamite's past? Uh, I mean... It, you know, it's all well and good, you know... Doing a few moves, size finisher and that, but pretty much taking his whole repertoire. I know imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, but there's that and there's just fucking ripping yeah. someone off. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I mean, Dynamite has passed, but I mean, this is a very dark dude as well. You know, there's a lot of stuff that Dynamite Kid done. Obviously oh, yeah. not what Benoit did, obviously, but, you know, and we're not going to go into that because we're going gonna to celebrate his career at this moment in time. As he comes off the second rope with a knee to Brett, but can't capitalise on it. Took too long. Now he's picking Brett up. Brett managing to push Dynamite off. Oh, Dynamite got caught in that top rope there. Picks up Dynamite. Dynamite rolls behind. Went for the cover and Brett knew that. Ran towards the ropes and Dynamite went straight through the second. Dynamite kid would spit on homeless people, put a gun to his wife's face, wake her up by yelling, one day it will be loaded. Got Davy Boy hooked on drugs, broke his niece's kneecaps for the insurance money, and dislocated Mick Foley's jaw off a clothes. Uh, we're not going to mention that because obviously we want to respect the family and the Dynamite Kid. But oh, oh, sunset flip by the Dynamite Kid rolls up Brett for the free, and we didn't see it thanks to the replay of the other pen attempt. But Dynamite and Brett's complaining that he grabbed the tights, but Dynamite does beat Brett. So, what are your thoughts on that then? It is scary how very similar uh, Chris Benoit has kind of imitated one of his idols. Um, it, you know, it is, it is weird, but the bloke was definitely ahead of his time and he certainly, certainly had a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, if you're watching that then or you're watching that 10 years later and you're going, like, those two guys in the ring... Yeah, they're both going to have great, you know, careers. If you're going to pick a champion, I might go over Dynamite over Bret Hart there. You would definitely think both men would be mixed in the main event scene. It is kind of horrible what happened to him when his body 
just broke down him. But you can see from the talent, from the match against Tiger Mask versus, uh, versus Bret Hart, kind of everything else, you'd say a, a, a guy ahead of his time. But it is, if he was around this time, you know, imagine mixing with people like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and people like that. You know, a tremendous talent and, you know, he will be missed, you know. Most certainly, yeah. So let's cheer ourselves up now by moving on to Rev Pro. You ready? So we are ready to start watching Rev Pro, or as it's called, on Free Sports Channel 422 on Sky. So anybody can watch it because it's free sports. It's uh, World of Pro Wrestling. And the first episode will be the 19th of October 2018. It's at 9 p.m. World of Pro Wrestling, it's called. And Dan, you and I are going to watch the very first episode just straight up. All the way through, and we're going to compare it to NXT UK and, of course, the world of sport. So, at the moment, you say maybe NXT UK is leading world of sport a little bit. Well, maybe a lot in, in certain respects. Uh, but how, indeed, Rev Pro could do. Because we talked about Rev Pro earlier, and it's great that it's on satellite TV now, aren't they, you know? Indeed, yes. Uh, well, we saw it in probably one of its smallest capacities going. This seems like it's in front of a much larger crowd. I'm not too keen on their ring. They've got kind of like boxing-style ring pads in the corners as opposed to separate turnbuckles. But as we see the promo video now, as it starts, we've seen the highlights. Well, I guess what the show's going to be, I can see Zack Sabre Jr. is involved. Colt Cabana is there as well. And it's the world of pro wrestling. We're in York Hall, London for this. And Kevin Kelly's on commentary. We haven't seen him in a very yes, long time. Yes, uh, he's joined by Andy Simons. And I wonder if that adds anything, Kevin Kelly. Were you a fan of Kevin Kelly in the past? I mean, he famously got called a hermaphrodite by LeBrock. But tonight we are going to get exact same as Kushida. So my pick for the uh, Cruiserweight Classic it was all those years ago is in action here tonight, Dan. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? We're going to see who else is involved. Of course, the very first episode, we don't know how successful this could be. We see the Rev Pro in the background, they kind of base themselves, yeah, now at London. They kind of moved on to the slightly bigger arenas. And they've been doing good business. And people in the past, Dan, I mean, they've had people like Ricochet, haven't they? You name them, they've probably had them. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, EC3, Adam Cole, baby, have all gone through RPW. The Dominator. So we're going to see the Dominator here tonight as well. Who's got a question mark for a face. So we don't know who what he looks like. So we've got rules of pro wrestling, Dan. They're going to tell us the rules of pro wrestling. Well, all matches have a 30-minute. Matches won by pinfall, submission, KO, countout, or DQ. So they can be won by Kevin Owens? No, not Kevin Owens, just knockout, I think. We'll find out if Kevin Owens... Is well, there. a title can only change hands by pinfall, submission, or KO. Uh, count of five for rope break. Oh, okay, so the basic normal wrestling rules then. People that never seen it before. And a count of 10 by ref to return to the ring before they are counted out if they are on the outside of the so ring. Nothing groundbreaking there. But we're going to go to our ring announcers. Waffle, no matter what, if it's only the UK or we're here watching it, Ref Pro. Waffle. It will be said that, oh my word, here comes Jushin Thunder Liger. No, it's Justin. So, yeah, the absolute legend coming out here. You know what's weird about this as well, Dan, is that he was on the very first episode of Monday Nitro that we watched. So you go back all those years now, 23 years ago on the first Nitro, now on the first uh, World of Pro Wrestling. Will it have the same impact, you reckon? 
<laughs> what, will Kevin Nash take over and completely fuck it up? Yeah, will we see the NWO <laughs> here? I mean, but it's an opportunity. We are on Sky, aren't we? And Jushin van der Liger, last time we saw him in WWE ways, I think he beat Tyler Breeze at a takeover, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of years ago. So he is a great competitor. This is fun. And even got an upworld of sport, it's not overhang as well. And he's going against the man known as Chris Brooks. Well, Chris Brooks means business here. Well, he's getting called a British legend here, Chris Brooks. He comes out. One half of the tag team, of course, James GCK, the Calamari Catch King. Well, he's got a great reputation leading into this. So this should be a great contest between him. And it's two people that many, maybe people aren't familiar with, but this is the whole point. You know, like I said, slightly smaller ring, different setup, no ring mats as well. It'd be good because it gives British wrestling a chance, you know. We're getting more options. That's three different promotions, all a chance to see on Sky. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. that When I was young, we, we, we had maybe Nitro and TNT if you were lucky back before that was on, you know, non-Sky, before Sky Digital. And this is about looking at the internet as well. And the crowd are into it here in London. We're going to get a handshake to start us off. Yeah, they're off in the hand. They weren't sure about it. And like I said, British fans are the best in the world. Oh my god, just like that, like he's got a submission in. Just stretching the bad arm as well, or Chris Brooks. He's trying to. No, he's trying to get him up. Well, Brooks trying to deny. Trying, Brooks trying to deny Thunder Liger to get the surfboard. And he manages to evade it thus far. And now Liger's got the legs. Du, 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 <laughs> juicy Thunder Liger. <laughs> now du, that's du, a good chance. And oh my god, he's right up now. Got him in a surfboard. Now works back the head. And look how extended Brooks's body is. I think Thunder Liger's mask is a bit too big. It is, isn't it? It's a bit... Um, gets in the way. How would you compare it to, like, Ligero's? It's in tribute to him, really, isn't it? If you think about it. Like. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, having all them pointy things off it <laughs> could probably cause a hindrance. Well, drop toehold by Liger going back to the leg. And now trying to get him in a bow and arrow. Oh no, Brooks rolls through for a pin attempt. But only a one. One. Well, the camera's on the uh, entranceway, isn't it? You know, so you can see the entranceway there. But there is a crowd behind us here. So it's probably not the best positioning of the camera. Because it looks kind of not as many people there due to the entranceway. But then again, obviously you haven't got the production value. WWE, fucking hell. No, and Barry Cade nearly fell over onto the fans there. Oh, but this is British wrestling. And again, onto the fans. <laughs> it's not the kind of nice black protection that they got. And on the outside on the chop. A little bit of black protection. And Liger goes in control of this match at the <laughs> moment. But Brooks sends him into the apron. Is that a referee that we've seen at Rev Pro? Yeah, that is one of the referees we've seen. He's a Rev Pro ref. I know that, but, <laughs> you know, I don't know if it, didn't know if it was localised or whatever, but yeah. It's the same company that we've seen. They've just moved on slightly. Do you know what I mean? In a weird way. So, this is the way they're competing. They've been excited when we first saw them. You know, playing to, what, 150 people now. Sending out London all the time. Bethnal Green. York Hall. An iconic place to have. And the best seats maybe are on the, the balcony. On the balconies. Probably the best seats there. But again, you know, this crowd doesn't look very big. Yeah, I think this is a problem because they've got the camera kind of... No, I mean, when the camera pans round, I mean, the, you know, the rows 
behind the camera position. They're only about four or five deep, yeah, and then the bones saying, to the yeah. sides. Again, you know, they're only probably about six, seven rows deep as well. So you can't fit that many people in there. You know, you're probably looking at uh, as Brooks has kind of taken over in this match. Got a side headlock to um, Liger. I'd say there's about eight hundred people there. Twelve hundred capacity. Four hundred out. Yeah. So about it could be twelve hundred a good day if they rearrange your seats, maybe thirteen hundred at push. And now Liger's back to his feet trying to get out of it. And a nice clothesline taking down Brooks. Oh now Liger looking to go up. Here he comes flying off the top. Splash one, two. Oh, but a big kick out from Brooks. Uh, Are you gonna shop revpro.com? Well this is the good that they've got the um the advertising there, of course you go Rev Pro. On Tinternet, it's quite a good website actually compared to most local British guys. Told you where this is. The reason why I knew this was on is because it's promoted on their website. So I think that's quite an important thing they can use as Brooks with a beautiful suplex on the rope, turns him inside out, pulls him in, goes for the cover, but oh. Only a two count. Two. So you're going to back in this match, James? Thunder uh, Liger? Well, I would have said Liger at the start, but Brooks has really impressed me in this one. He's not let the. Um, the stage or his competitor kind of you know overall him at this time he seems to be taking it in stride even though he's obviously carrying a long-standing injury so i might have to say brooks in this one what about you i'm gonna go for the man i know thunder liger well he's just sent out brooks to the outside now here comes liger off the apron oh and a running sense on there well, that's more dangerous to take than in WWE because obviously the outside barricade, uh, the outside ring mat stand, like an inch, half an inch thick. Where are they now? There are none. <laughs> there are. It's just hard wood flooring. <laughs> du, du, du. Juju Vander Liger. That is probably one of my favourite chants I've heard throughout <laughs> this podcast. He comes off the top with a splash, knees up by Brooks. He goes for the cover, but Liger kicks out. Uh, knees up, Mother Brown. Now Brooks calling for the end here. He's got him in the underhook. Liger's managing to fight out. Oh my god, chopped S- to the face. Looks to charge on uh, Brooks. Gets his feet up. Black just fires up Thunder Liger, who comes in with like a rolling heel kick. Uh-oh, and now Brooks in trouble. The Pick- Liger bomb. Oh my god, picks him up, drops him near a short. And Brooks somehow gets shot off at two. Two. And I think, yeah, because he's tripped. Trying to pick him up, mate. Try it again now. Suplex time. Brain oh buster. God. Two, three. He's not getting up from that. Big brain buster by Jushin Thunderliger. Dan, he gets a victory. What are you thinking of our first match on Rev Pro? It was an impressive match. I think it was more of a showcase match as opposed to a wrestling match, if you know what I mean. Well, so I think it's a great way to introduce people who maybe never watched wrestling before. Uh, to what it is here you know this is kind of at the start wrestling and hopefully as the show moves on it warm up a little bit but it's good to have a star like Liger here and look at the respect now with him and Brooks that is classed act and Thunder Liger bows to Brooks says that he's been a brilliant competitor yep shake hands. shake hands what a lovely moment I hope Brooks knows he's been in a, a when Liger lifts the arm of Brooks Oh, oh, Brooks with a low blow. Oh, uh, now getting booed out of the building because he's beating down Liger. What a sore loser. 
And Chris Brooks is trying to unmask Liger. Don't you dare. No, Brooks. This is unbelievable. An absolute legend. And here comes El Fantasmo. Who doesn't look Spanish whatsoever. Well, El Fantasmo's there checking on Liger. And uh, we're told we've got a lot of action to come on Revolution Pro, but I think not a bad way. Quite a cool little uh, hill turn there, Dan. It was, yeah, you know, a bit of a drama on the first <laughs> match on the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's an advert. I'm fast-forwarding the adverts as we speak. There we go. We're back. Hang on a minute. Oh, my God, it's not, is it? It can't be. No, it's not, is it? Uh, oh, my God, Dan! Yes! <laughs> Lord Gideon Gray, Dan, tell everybody why we're so excited. Well, we've seen Lord Gideon Gray. He had hair when we oh, saw really? him. Oh, really? Shaven? But we saw him back in the local independence. Uh, <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just... It was worth it, wasn't it? It was. I didn't even know Gideon Gray was going to be here. Right, let's have him talk and then we'll talk about him. That's a girl's name. Well, Lord Gideon might be a manager now, then. Oh, he's introducing a dominator. Lord Gideon <laughs> Gray. Well, G- Lord Gideon's kind of like kind of William Regal slash Hunter Hearst Helmsley kind of posh guy type. He's been around for ages. He was wrestling, but I mean, we are talking about five years ago, so aren't we? So, yeah. But here comes Great O'Khan, the dominator. With a question mark on his face. Is he going to wrestle out for the majority of the match, you reckon? So the Dominator is unbeaten. Great O'Khan. Oh, my God. This could be interesting to see. Uh, Lord Gideon had an association with a couple of weird stereotypes back in the day as well, didn't he, actually? I mean, like an Indian butler. Gideon is there. What a weird gimmick. Well, he's going against Harrison Thompson. So he's going for the gimmick then. So Great O'Khan. We'll see if he's any good or not. I guess this will be a squash. He used to be from New Japan Pro Wrestling as a jobber, but they're trying to build him up in this one. And he's going straight after... Harrison. Harrison. I don't think Harrison's name really matters in this one. No, the name that matters is Lord Gideon. No, the name that matters is the Great O'Khan. The Dominator. Yeah, and he's going to put him away with those chops. Guys have been uh, taught by the Wild Simones at some point as well. Got that vicious look about it. Reminds me a little bit of Meng. Oh, hangs him up on the top rope. Well, I tell you what, Harrison was like a javelin there. And the rope was the javelin catcher. Harrison Thompson there looking in a lot of trouble. Bye-bye, Harrison Thompson. No, wait a minute, gets out of it. Sends a great O'Connor into the corner. And Harrison Thompson with the forearms. No effect, though. He gets pushed off. Uh-oh. Ducks the clothesline attempt. Oh, goes down low. Now Thompson again with a drop kick, but it's not dropped. Great O'Khan. Third time lucky now. Catches oh. him. Face first into the mat. And now this might be it. Oh, my God, it's a claw. It's a claw, Dan. Bend him over, over the back. back. And it's like a torture rack with the claw. One of the most dominating holds in all of wrestling. Oh, my God, and he may be out. And just to put an exclamation point on it... He chokeslams him by his face. Ted goes for the cover. Job done. Great O'Khan with a great O-win. Dan, what are your thoughts? Lord Gideon Grey, James! No! Who the fuck Lord Gideon was here? I bet he's going to come in and say something now as well. But you're a pretty bog-standard squash match. Well, Gideon is very happy about that. 
And why wouldn't you be? Indeed. The, the great Akana, did he show you anything in this match to impress you, Dan? Not really, no. <laughs> we'll see as World of Pro Wrestling continues. But don't forget, we've got Kushida versus Zack Sabre Jr. still to come here tonight. And that should be a cracking match. Well, Dan McGee is getting one-on-one time with Kevin Kelly right now. Oh, he says, helping grown a performer, but here comes Shah Samuels. He said he's not been in Red Pro for a year. He's the longest reigning fucking Red Pro fucking world. You slow. I fucking aim. I do like Shah Samuels, so he's on Red Pro as well. As well as sport. Fair play to him. Hey, well done, Shah. You did get little social clubs to on free sports TV. And he's going crazy with contract and all. And McGee pulling Shah Samuels off. That's a great idea. You don't pull Shah Samuels off. Well, no, it's Samuels now beating him down. These two men are fighting. Oh, and here comes security, I think, or fans. Well, here come the referees, officials, stopping them. Lost back his love of British professional wrestling. Well, well, since me and, me and CM Punk there, we was friends. And then he sued me, and then I lost the court case, and then uh, <laughs> then I became like a desperate man for money. No, no top companies will sign me. I, I tried, uh, you know, going to some uh, top top promotions, but I lasted about a week in them. I, you know, I featured in one Royal Rumble main event. Well, you see him making appearances. The old Red Pro, there we are. No, that is us. There we were there. He was champion. Let's not forget about Colt being champion there for fifteen years. Who is a cult of personality? You see him beating Shah Samuels, former. My God, that's back in that's when we first started watching it. I don't know why I went off Colt Cabana. I think it's because when we met him. He was a dick. He was a bit of a dick, but I mean, not to go like into too much. Details, but you yeah. know, he was a dick. He was. He just wa- wanted the money and didn't really have any time for anybody, so. He thought he was too big for it, whereas Ricochet, <laughs> Drew McIntyre, they were on the same level as Exactly, of exactly. You know, we had a nice civilised conversation with uh, Drew, our mate. Mate Drew and our mate Ricochet chatting around. And, you know, not once, twice, you know, it's good. Three times a lady. And Colt Cabana can pretend to do this, but he's still doing this. And, you know, we look at where the others are. He needs money because he's got, like, the seventh best podcast ever after the WWE Network Review. Well, Colt Cabana's in action next week. So we're back, and we're going to get a teller ch- tape <coughs> for these two guys. And I, uh, obviously, I've got Zack Sabre Jr., because he was my pick, Dan. So you can do Kushida. Well, Kushida's from Tokyo, Japan, 192 pounds, 5 foot 9, 35 years old, and he's been a pro for 13 years. He's a five-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, 2015 and 2017 Best of Super Juniors, and a 2016 Super J Cup winner. Zack Sabre Jr., born in Sheppey, United Kingdom, 187 pounds. He's six foot, he's 31, he's been a pro for 14 years. He's a two-time British Heavyweight Champion, a 2018 New Japan Cup winner, and one half of the undisputed British Tag Team Champions. For one fall. <laughs> introduce him first. They're going to get quite a long time, we've got half hour left. The submission master, just tap out, Zack Sabre Jr., We've seen it. At least we recognise everybody kind of involved, though. Do you know what I mean? In a weird way, like Lord Gideon and um, Charles Samuels, of course. Juicy Thunderliger at the start. Colt Cabana. Now Zack Sabre Jr. It's weird, that, isn't it? So my picks in the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament. 
You had Noam Dar, who we've seen on this episode, going against Pete Dunne for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. We've had my pick, Zack Sabre Jr., in this match against Kushida now. And, of course, you forget my third pick. Ho-Ho Lun. I have not. Did it, was it Ho-Ho Lun? So where are your three picks then, mate? Uh, WWE. WWE. Who was my third? I don't know. So you had Grand Metallic. You had TJP. Well, let's not forget, Zack Sabre Jr. has pinned Okada. And if you don't know Okada, then you really should be involved. I've all recently bought Fire Pro Wrestling on the uh, PS4, and I'll play that and let everybody know how it goes. And, of course, with Kenny Omega and people that are on there, it should be great. Of course, Zack Sabre Jr. as well. So this should be a great effort, a great match for each man. Kota Ibushi. Yeah. He's Kota Ibushi now, mate. He's lush. Yeah, exactly. Don't know where he is, but my pick, Zack Sabre Jr., <clears throat> is right here in action. He's already gone to Kushida from behind. Brilliant by Zach. He's got the hand now. Works off the wrist lock. And this guy is just such a great guy to watch in the ring. As Kushida goes down, we're going to see proper Japanese style into British wrestling here. There's no doubt about it. Both of these men could definitely go. Kushida now on the rope. Zach Sabre Jr. pushing him there. Slapping the face. and got a little bit of disrespect. Kushida has been very, you know, we talk about his achievements. Five-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Let's not forget about it, you know. We, it's more than what Zack Sabre Jr. has. Now, Conor Albertype have been very respectful early on. Yeah, but has Kushida ever got to the semi-finals of the Cruiserweight Classic? Exactly. Has he ever been one of my picks? <clears throat> no. So, until he is, and that's why i got to pick Zack in this match. Didn't we see Zack Sabre Jr. at Red Pro as well? Mm-hmm. Well, pun intended... Zack Sabre Jr. needs to get revved up. Beautiful transition there by Kishida to stay on top. That shows just how great a wrestler he actually is. Oh, and he's spinning around on the back of Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, Kishida has been all over on this match. He's had Zack Sabre Jr.'s number. Well, he's saying he's out wrestling him, and now Zack might turn up the pace a little bit here. Might turn up the heat a little bit here. Dodges that. Hip toss. Kishida rolls through. And a lovely seated drop kick there to... Sabre Jr. as he was playing on the floor. He's on the apron. Now Kushida going to build up a head of steam. Oh, my God. Went for the handspring, but Zach caught him. Oh, and he hangs him up. Knee over the top rope. That looks painful. That's a goal. Well, that could dislocate a knee. That could hyperextend it, Dan. We know how bad that could be. Yeah, but James, we've seen Lord Gideon Gray. We have seen Gideon Gray. Lord. Lord, sorry, we have seen Lord tonight. And now we get to see Zack Sabre Jr. as well. It's been on a draw, but no, I've liked the night, Dan. What about you? Chris Roberts is here. Sorry, um, I've, I've kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I think the first match was kind of an exhibition to the crowd. The second match, it was, you know, it was basically just a squash match. It was exciting seeing Lord Gideon Gray and, like, you know, knowing he's still about in the RPW circuit, which is brilliant. But this match, it seems to have kind of like turned up the feel. It seems like something that we would see on NXT. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, it definitely belongs here. I don't know what Chris Ridgeway's doing now. He's come up and sitting on the stage now. We can see him Chris drinking water. Chris Ridgeway on the entranceway. He is. I don't know why. No way. Jose. And now look at Zach. Just way he can turn that leg. Would you rather see Zach Sabre Jr. flourishing in the Rev Pro than on 205 Live? Rather see him. Could, um, he be, could he be the man to do for your man? Buddy! 
Murphy. Of course he could, if he wanted to. Uh, I don't think WWE... I think WWE offered him, and he turned it down. I think he makes enough money in Japan and in the UK to kind of be happy about that, you know? He's still a great wrestler. He can live by his own rules. We've seen it with Cody Rhodes now, that, you know, you can you can make a living outside of the WWE machine, and if that's what he wants to do, if he's getting featured in the main event here, would he be featured on the main event of NXT UK? Probably yes, but would he be champion? That's a question you have to answer down Probably the road. Yes. And, you know, in Cruiserweights as well, the 205 Live, would he be champion? Probably yes, but again, he had to beat Bunny Murphy, and it would be a hell of a match if it ever happened. But Zack Sabre Jr. certainly isn't lacking the talent to be able to hold the Cruiserweight division. But again, what do you reckon is getting more exposure, this or 205 Live? Kushida there, beautiful on the apron, springboard drop kick back in. Now you've distracted me so much, I can't remember my original <laughs> question. I remember it, don't worry. What was it? I think that's a great call. It would be interesting to see the it ratings. Wasn't a <laughs> no, I'm saying ratings for this and 205 Live. I think maybe more people would watch 205 Live a little bit more just because of how well it's received on the network. And I think with this, we have to grow an audience. If you give them matches like this, then I think if people are going to tune in if they like wrestling. And if you're a bystander, you're not really sure, this is still great wrestling because Shida comes off the top. Zach Sabre Jr. dodges it. Just goes for a suplex. Kushida blocks it back in. Turns around now. Hip toss takedown. Got hold of the arm. And now looking for the Kimura, but Zach being clever, holding on to the arm to so not break submission. His bottom foot uh, gets his foot to the bottom rope. And Kushida has been impressive in this one, and now he's working on the hand of Zach Sabre Jr. Oh my god, and a kick by Zach right to Kushida. I'll tell you what, the replays are better than uh, World of Sport. I think the action is as well. I know you haven't got Will Ospreay, but I still think with what we've seen, like you said, it's kind of turned it up a little. And I don't mind the setting after a while. It kind of gets a little bit friendly, if you know what I mean, in a weird way. I like it being a little bit different as well. Oh, yeah. Kushida with a boot up and now just chomp, stomping away at Zack Sabre Jr. Rolls through. Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. with a gosh. DDT. Sold it like Buddy Murphy does. Fucking hell. Might have broke the neck. Kushida going up. Moonsault time. Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. got his feet up into the trap. And that is brilliant by Zack. He's still feeling the back of his neck, but he's saying, ask him, ref. Oh, K- but Kushida rolls through. Kick to the elbow. Rolling up for the big punch, but Zack blocked it with a kick. And now free without response. And now Zack... locked in <laughs> deep. Jumped on him. Kushida blocks it though. Dragon, Dragon suplex. suplex. With a bridge. <laughs> wow. Only getting a two count. Two. Wow. Good stuff though. Really patronised Red Pro. Of course it's good wrestling. But... It has but it seems. Well Kushida up. Moonsault. Hits it. One. One two. two. Oh. It seems like it's over dramatised if you know what I mean. Like you know they're trying. They're. They're showing what they can do, but they're kind of overemphasizing what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're trying to stand out. But this definitely has been, you know, up there with the matches of the night that we've seen on NXT UK, oh, especially. Yeah. Well, yeah, these two guys definitely could be in, you know, WWE, and you're showing their talent here. And this is the kind of talent we've got around the UK now as well. You know, like it's a 98 different promotions, 99 different places, and it works the arm. I like it. it's been a nice long match as well. 
and Chris Ridgway. I do like that as well, you know, him looking on intently at the action going on. You know, he's certainly made his presence not felt, but, you know, we know he's there. Exactly, and we know this has got something to do with Zach Sabre Jr., you know, and that storyline is going to continue at some point. We're also getting a match here between the two. That's been fantastic. Zach had it locked up, but every time it looks like he does, Kushida just gets out of it. Oh, for the handspring God. back elbow, but Zack Sabre Jr. turns it into the cross arm breaker, but Kushida again rolling full out of a submission. And now he's trying to get his own arm breaker in. Trying to break the lock of Zack's hand, and if he gets it... No, Zack rolls through. Grabs hold of the leg. Has he got the heel hook locked in? Oh, my God. He's got him in a triangle himself. Now hooks the leg again, getting out of it. Roll through from Kushida. One, two. Oh. A kick out from Junior. Uh-huh. Zack's up with the uppercut. Shot taken away. Now Kushida rolls through. Zack's got his hands clasped, so Kushida can't get the hoverboard lock in. Well, not only is it great wrestling, it's great defensive wrestling as well. He's showing that when you actually put on a move, it means something. You can see how well these two men have connected. <laughs> Slap by Zack. Oh, Pele kick attempt <laughs> there from Kushida. But Zack Sabre Jr. turns it into like a knee bar. Oh, my God. He's got it in now, locking up the other leg. Kushida desperately gets to that bottom rope and Zack just pulling a leg. Hand hurts a little bit though. Oh, and Kushida rolls through into that bottom rope. And the crowd, you can tell, they're getting into this match. Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. there, he's got a lot of bother with his hand. He's having to take off his wrist tape. And a kick and a kick again by Zack. Uppercut by Zack. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. just standing there letting Kushida hit him. It's a battle of wills. Willow not in this match. Anything you could do, I could do better. And now Kushida gets caught with an uppercut by Zack. And a slap. And this is an all-out brawl between the two men. Now Kushida with a kicks. Zack catches one but gets slapped. Oh, but delivers a leg sweep. You think about punishment each man is taking. I think Zack Sabre Jr. might have a bit of numbness in the hand. Goes in for the kick across the chest, but Kushida catches it. Oh, now slapping Kushida. Three big <laughs> slaps around the face. Oh! Kushida with a big right hand, <laughs> knocking Zack out. Hurts his own hand, though. <laughs> well, he's got it taped up. Oh, replay there. <laughs> Knockout. Well, named after his favourite pitcher, and Kushida has got a swing for the fences now. Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Kushida, a drop kick to the arm. Oh, the uh, the seriously injured arm from Zach Sabre Junior. And now he's set up on the top is ZJ. He's in trouble, Kushida. Trying to suplex him, but he's fighting back now. He's our Zachy boy. No. Zach was trying to suplex Kushida, but... Oh, my God. Kushida now's got the arm. Oh, no. He's got the arm. Spanish fly. Oh, my God. A crossbody, like, spinning around in midair. And he's got the Kimura lock locked in. Zach's trying to fight out of it. And every time Kushida stomps down, it keeps Zach in that position. Oh, my God. Again, get turned around. But Zach rolls him up. One, One, two, two... Oh, oh no! Roll through. Kushida back through. Bridges to no sack up again, and now he's got him back down. Oh my god! Got the leg lock. Well, he's already tearing with napalm death now. Hooking okay. it, egg. 
round his neck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Look how much it's bending. And he has to tap out Zach Sabre wow. Jr. with the victory there. <laughs> Fair fucking that play. Is an absolute brilliant fucking submission from Zach Sabre Jr. Well, well, what a fantastic match, Dan. What do you reckon about I was very impressed. That is probably one of the best matches I've seen, you know, on this UK series. Yeah, and if you've got Sky, you can go and watch it on Free Sports, World of Pro Wrestling. What an absolute match. Well, great match. And like I said, it was... It would be out of place at an NXT takeover, you know what I mean? Let alone, no. uh, like I say, at a Rev Pro event. Do you know one other thing that I, I really liked about it that might, people might not notice? What? There was no ad break during it. No. This is like a 20 minute, half hour match, and yet the advert wasn't on there, so it didn't ruin it. You know, like on SmackDown and Raw, they have it halfway through and it takes it away a little bit. The momentum here for Rev Pro, and I think they played it well. I'm really impressed with the production values. I mean, obviously, there's a couple of things they can change. I think the show is really good as we get a face-off between Zack Sabre Jr. And Ridgeway. And, of course, Ridgeway. But, uh, Dan, what are your final thoughts of Red Pro? <coughs> uh, yeah, you know, I wasn't overly joyed with the first couple of matches. I thought they felt like a comedy-type match. I know that, you know, there was some serious wrestling in it. I went to the outside. There was a few barricade shots in there. But, I don't know, it seemed like over-accentuating things. The second match, again, it was just a squash match. But this one, it was, uh, I was very, very impressed with it, the main event. I know, it was great, wasn't it, really, you know, and uh, I'm really, really impressed. And that is definitely something that I will be, uh, definitely watch it, and I think anybody really should anyway, because I, I think it just showed what what it can do, you know, like, uh, it, it's surprising how kind of good it was. So, anyway, we'll just do a brief rundown. I mean, this won't be a regular thing on the WWE Network, but just to keep everybody up to date with it. The next episode was the 26th of October at 9pm again. And the start of the search for number one contenders to the Rev Pro British Tag Team Championship begins. Plus, Globetrotter Colt Cabana is in singles action. We watched the match, Dan, because obviously, you know, we still know Colt Cabana. He went against, he went against Burridge, Dan, with his um, Micey Balls. What did you think of the match? Uh, it, again, it wasn't a terrible match. Uh, you know, now knowing now that Colt Cabana is a bit of a dick, well, not that, him, you know, he was kind of looking down on him. You know, he's still put in a fairly half-decent match. Yeah. Too bad, was it? Colt Cabana is what Colt Cabana is, and some people might recognise him. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, you probably know who he is anyway due to the CM Punk connection. So it's good to have someone like that, and Red Pro, he's been a part of Red Pro for years anyway, you know. Again, um, you know, he's another person that we've seen live, yes. and seeing him live, he was a bit of a dick, you yeah, know, know, unlike other wrestlers, yeah. just off the top of my head, Drew McIntyre, yeah, Ricochet. All right, so we move on to the next episode, which was uh, Friday the 2nd of November, again at 9pm. And David Starr puts his undisputed British Cruiserweight Championship on the line against former champion Curtis Chapman. Yeah, so, I mean... Pfft. What a great episode that was. And then the 9th of November 2018, the Arrows of Hungary collide with UK's only in gym, the Hunter Brothers, plus an international main event sees America's Jonathan Griezmann take on Canada's Al Fantasimo. And then it changes for some reason. Wrestling, world of pro wrestling now. So that's what it's titled as if you're going to uh, Sky Plus it as it was. Uh, the next episode was the 16th of November. Of course, again, that was at, that's at 11pm now. It's gone back two hours. Yeah, so there was action from the Cruiserweight Championship fight. 
plus Jushin Thunder Liger teams with El Fantasmo to take on the CCK pairing of Chris Burke and Jonathan Gresham. And much like WWE of course, you know, they filmed quite a few when it came to this place. And uh, the last one that's been on recently, 23rd of November. So it's not, but we've got a serious link for it. Uh, it's Friday the 23rd of November 2018. Josh Bodum, who we've seen live, uh, he was fighting El Laguero, interestingly enough, who spoke about it's the UK show. Shah Samuels and Dan McGee go to battle in a personal grudge match, while in the main event, the submission master, Zack Sabre Jr., goes one-on-one with a fired-up Rocky Romero. So, Dan, final thoughts about RevPro. It's a very entertaining bout, you know, especially with the likes of Zack Sabre Jr., some great characters that we've seen, like Lord Gideon Gray, who was, uh, you know, he he was definitely here with his uh, the Dominator. Uh, you know, he seems like uh, they're trying to build him up. But again, you know, there's a few good names that have come through it, uh, and it is certainly an entertaining brand as well. You know, for people unfamiliar with wrestling, it's good to get into, good to get your feel with wrestling. Um, yeah, but, you know, anyone else I'd recommend to get the WWE Network and watch that. Well, Dan, I don't want to put anything in your mouth, but I feel today I've enjoyed it. And I don't know if it's gone quick or whatever it is, but I've enjoyed it because it's been different. Do you know what I mean? Today, I think it's been a different podcast than what we normally do. And I think it's good sometimes to watch different things, even if you're a fan of wrestling, to try different things because it is quite enjoyable. You know, I, I've enjoyed as stuff I've watched today as much as... I would say even a normal NXT or indeed WWE program. And if anybody watched Raw and fucking SmackDown this past week, yeah, I mean SmackDown was good. Don't get me wrong. Oscar is going to be a TLC, but anyway, Raw wasn't great, was it? So I mean, this tonight ha- has been really, really enjoyable. We're going to finish it off now with the last four NXT UKs, but we're not finished yet here today. No, still got four more episodes of NXT UK. So it is episode nine. It's uh. November 21st, 2018. This was recorded August 25th, 2018 from Birmingham. Commentators are Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness. And the first match of the night is the NXT UK Women's Total Tournament quarterfinal match. As we see here, it is going to be Zia Brookside versus Rhea Ripley. And of course, last week, Dakota Kai beat Nina Samuels. And the winner of this match right here will face Dakota Kai in the semis. And what about the other side, Dan? Uh, well, Ginny beat Millie McKenzie in the match that we saw, and we've also got Tony Storm versus Isla Dawn. Yeah, and Isla Dawn was my pick in the May Young Classic, going against your pick in the May Young Classic, so it'll be interesting to see. So we get another bonus point No, here. we don't. No bonus point. <laughs> my, my ass has been kicked enough. But someone who I was in... Your pick in the May Young Classic, Zia Brookside, Dan. I forgot about that. It is indeed, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, another the one. Side, the great legend. So, do we get a bonus point if, if Ray Ripley beats your Zia Brookside, then? Was Ray Ripley your pick? Yeah, well, she is now. Because I was going for it in this match to beat Zia Brookside. Ray Ripley has been very, very impressive as of late. And she easily slams down Zia Brookside. Well, Brookside might be outmatched, but Dan, you think you're gonna, who do you think is going to win this one? <clears throat> Um, well, due to the impressive showing that I've seen, I'm going to go for Ryan Ripley. Oh, you would, wouldn't you? You're not going to back your pick. That's disgusting when you don't pack the person that you picked in the May. Okay, I'm going to go for Zia fucking Brookside, James. Hey, there you go. I'll go Ray Ripley because she's going to be dominant. Look at how easy down Zia Brookside at this moment. And it's weird going back to NXT UK now after we've seen Red Pro. It seems a little bit wider, doesn't it? A little bit more polished. Of course, Birmingham Marina seems a little bit more bigger, a bit bigger, more impressive, doesn't it? You know. 
Yes, indeed it does. And that was the Brookside trying to Irish whip Ray Ripley. It didn't work, Ray Ripley. Irish whips the Brookside. But Brookside, Ray Ripley comes charging in. Brookside with the foot up. Oh, my God. And now, got the Hurricane Runner as Brookside, but Ripley catches her. Oh, <laughs> slams her into the turnbuckles. Pulls her back in. Goes for the cover. One, two, no. A little kick out from Brookside. Ah. <clears throat> Very impressive there by Ray Ripley. I like Zia Brookside's hair. It's quite cool, isn't it? I, I quite like the difference between the characters as well. You, you, we know which one's face, we know which one's heel. Ripley's kind of got that kind of aggressive attitude. Obviously, kind of David Goliath thing going on as well. And Brookside, I think, you know, we'll see a little bit more of her. I think very impressive. You've got to remember how young she is as well. And Ray Ripley now picking up Zia Brookside. Oh, a delayed standing suplex there. She must have had her out for about 10 seconds. At least 20 seconds. Puts her down, goes for the cover, but no, Brookside gets up at two. Two. And now Brookside getting kicked in the side. And now Brookside in a bit of trouble, drop kicked to the back of the head by Ripley. Goes for the cover, but Brookside managing to kick out. Oh. And a 50-50 crowd here, half going for Ripley, half going for Brookside. Is it Zaya or Zia? I've been calling her Zia. Zaya doesn't really make sense, more American. God's sake, her dad's Robbie Brookside. And now look at Ripley tearing her up like a pretzel. Brookside struggling to get her, but Ripley's just too strong. It's like a Texas cloverleaf in a vertical position. I've got to try that. Ray Ripley's only 22 as well. Oh, and a thunderous jawbreaker. Zia Brookside trying to get some momentum back in this match. Delivers a thunderous bulldog. Come on, Zia. And now Brookside comes running in. Ripley's clothesline. Oh, and a lovely head-scissors takedown there. Oh, my God. Now, Brookside, getting ready. Can they come from behind? Oh, double knees to the back of the head. This ring looks bigger as well. I know. It's a, it's a much bigger ring. It's like twice the size of it. <clears throat> and now, Brookside to the top. Flying crossbody, but gets caught by Ripley. Uh-oh. And now, Ripley's got her. Pam. Sits out. One, Job done. two... Free. Yeah, she ain't kicking out of that. Ah, very, no, she isn't. very impressive by Ray Ripley. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Uh, a very impressive um, Ray Ripley there, continuing her wonderful form that she had during the May Young Classic. Very impressive both women as well. I think Zia Brookside is still a great competitor, even though she was on the losing side of this match. No, I completely agree with you. Uh, Brookside is fun to watch though, isn't she? And I'm looking forward to seeing her grow in the ring. Uh, well, backstage, Razzy welcomes James Drake and Zach Gibson. Gibson says that he and Drake are the best team in NXT UK and are looking to take the upcoming NXT UK tag titles. Match two is Jack Stars versus Eddie Dennis. Well, this was basically a squash. I thought Stars lasted longer than I expected. I can't say that I'm a fan of Dennis right now. He does a lot of walking around, hitting one move, then walking around some more. He seems more concerned with a twist in his face and a grimace than putting on a great performance. And he's constantly positioning so he can look into the main camera, like, all the time. We get a video. Last week, Tyson T-Bone and Dave Mastiff had to be separated by Johnny Saint backstage. And match three is Mark Andrews versus the Wild Boy Hitchman. Well, it was a good match. Hitchman had a surprising amount of offense. He's short and wide, and a lot of his moves look strong and tough to defend against. Andrews absorbed a lot of punishment, but it seems to always be just a few quick moves away from a victory. That was the case here, and it was entertaining to watch. 
Well, you say he's short and wide, but James, compared to Rhino, is he wide? <laughs> yeah, he ain't fucking... Compared to Rhino, he's positively svelte, all right? So, you know, there ain't nothing there. Don't worry about that, buddy. Exactly. Well, Radzi welcomes Eddie Dennis. Dennis looks down on Radzi as he talks, but Ashton Smith walks up and interrupts. Smith says, Dennis is good, but he's nothing Smith can't handle. Dennis takes offence and yells at Smith. Where did he take that fence from? Uh, and match four is NXT UK Women's Title Quarter final match. Isla Dawn versus Tony Storm. So it is me and you again going head-to-head, James. Our May Young Classic picks. Yes, indeed. Fighting it here. Look at Isla Dawn putting a whooping on Tony. Like, I will be putting a whooping on you, son. So here we go. And I love Isla Dawn. Of course, the Scottish vixen. Going to make a big impact here in the UK. And she deserves it. And Dan, like your point earlier, Tony Storm ain't even British, mate. <coughs> Why is she here? Neither's Rare Ripley. Why is she here for? Well, James, she's here because the British women can't stand up for British women's wrestling. How dare you? And I think Isla Dawn is going to prove that. Tony Storm was lucky winning the May Young Classic final in it. She robbed Io Shiara in that match. Don't get me started. She will not be robbing Isla Dawn here tonight. How aggressive Dawn starting the early going. Storm can't handle her. But what did Tony Storm actually get for winning the May Young Classic? She got moved to NXT UK. <laughs> What's wrong with that? And she got put in a tournament where she should be into the final. Oh, of. come off it. No one should automatically be in any final, Dan. Well, she should for winning the May Young Classic, which Isla Dawn didn't do, but she stands on a level playing field as Tony Storm, even though the playing field isn't level because she's going against Tony Storm. Look, look Tony Storm got a trophy, and that was really nice. We saw the presentation and flowers. And Isla Dawn got fuck all. Yeah, Isla Dawn did get, get, get a fuck all. Well, she got to meet Tony Storm. <laughs> She's got to lose to a lot of people, damn it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I like Isla Dawn. She's got a lot of potential. As Tony Storm now just chopping away. Well, this morning, James, I woke up at the crack of dawn. Did you? I said, Dawn, get really? off my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, last night, Tony Storm was blowing in my garden. <laughs> and now Tony fighting back with the forearms. Do you reckon a great tag team pairing would be Tony Storm and the Hurricane? I think it would be. I think it would be great. Along with Earthquake and Typhoon. Storm's the entrance music would be great as well. Uh, and they can go to Chicago, can't they? The Windy City. The Windy City. But you're only, you're only making jokes because you're not focusing on this at dawn with a submission on Tony Storm right now. Tony Storm is just weathering the storm. She's weathering the storm. She's getting beaten down. Isla in complete control here. It's so great to see. And there right is, now. of course, a bonus point on the line here no, for the winner of this match. No, fucking not. What, are you not that confident I in your British woman no. to win the match in the I'm British not. NXT no, UK? No, 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 no. And Storm struggling to get to that bottom rope. Dawn has had the submission in now for a good couple of minutes. No, Dawn has. Storm can't get anywhere. Now she finally gets to the bottom rope. Lucky. A cow do wait getting out. And Dawn now shouting at Storm saying it's my time. It's my fucking championship, you fucking... You dirty fucking bitch! She's not from Mumbai. You dirty bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's mine now, hen. And she gets stopped by Storm with a kick. Dawn took too long. Big hip attack, but look at that kick by Dawn. And again... Three kicks, but Storm catches the third one. Grabs her from behind. Plants her with a German release. Yeah. And now she might be looking... For Storm Zero. 
Bang! One, two, three. Good night, Isla Dawn. It was fun while you lasted for all of three minutes, but you're a cunt. Fuck off. Next, please. Well, James, on to match five, and that is Ligero versus Jordan Devlin. Very good match. It was a very good match. These two match up quite well together. Both are quick and agile, and are both able to pull off some strong moves and throws. The match got really good towards the end. It caught me off guard with a few of the near falls close to the actual finish. Well, overall, it was a good show. I hope the next few women's tournament matches will be just slightly longer and more involved. But these were fine to close out the quarterfinals. Also, the main event, surprised how much I enjoyed it. I'd like to see more of both Devlin and Ligero. Yeah, and they are two great talents. So we move on to episode 10 and original at November 21st, 2018. It was recorded August 26, 2018 in, of course, Birmingham. And Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness are your commentators. So on to, nat- on to match one, and it is the semi-final for the NXT UK women's title, and it is Dakota Kai versus Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Well, James, this match is very unique because it is a rematch from their second round of the May Young Classic. Fucking hell, I did not know that. That is good to know, and I mean, it's going to be good. I mean, I- I've still got back Rhea Ripley, to be fair. She was so dominant against your pick Brookside in the last match. I, I don't think she's going to get the job. But I think she will get the job done. I think Dakota Kai is just a bit too small, Dan. What are your thoughts? Well, James, you say she's a bit too small, but didn't she take out two of the four horsewomen of UFC? She did indeed. We did see her takeover. That's an excellent point. Dakota Kai is getting more and more relevant. I mean, you said she looked a bit like a Bailey cast off when uh, she first joined, but now hopefully she's growing a bit of her own character as we have got the semi finals of the. Uh, UK, NXT, I've been so many tournaments, and he said May Young Classic then. Of the NXT UK... Cruiserweight Classic. The NXT UK Women's Championship semi-final match. <sighs> and Ripley wants to test her strength first. Dakota Kai, a bit hesitant. Well, Ripley's like, well, sod you then. I ain't fucking doing that if you're going to fuck around. And I don't know if Kai's got a chance here. She gets Ray Ripley. Crowd definitely behind her. And Ray Ripley's... Bending Dakota Kai backwards. Goes for the cover. But Kai managing to get the shoulder up. Again goes for it. But now Kai bridges. Oh, big knee to the stomach. Kai rolls through low. And reverses the pressure onto Ripley. Oh, that's nice. Who slams Kai into the corner. Places her on a top oh. turn back. And just pats her on the head very like. And slaps her again. And Kai might be getting a little bit frustrated. Oh, the Kiwi with the kicks. So neither of these two women are, in fact, British? No, neither is Tony Storm. The only one flying the flag at the moment is Ginny. She'll be fighting for Tony Storm later. Both women now trying to go for the pins, but both release. Both women pushing each other. Oh, Ripley went for a drop kick. Kai using her speed now. Well, I'm a grower, not a shower. Nice drop kick. Where Ripley rolls behind, though. She's got Kai in a waist lock. And Kai managing to... Buck her off. Oh! Double foot stomp. <clears throat> Only getting a one, though. One. Finn Balor's overrated. And the, the, the coup de grace is a shit move. Oh, my God. Dakota Kai kicked Ray Ripley right in the face. Right in the chest for the second time. Oh, my God. Well, the, the chest, Dan. Come on, now. Well, when I look at women, I look at their chest, not their face. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, no, no, scratch No, that. no, no, <laughs> Kai going for the cover. Ripley, though, gets shot off again at one. One. 
And now picking up Kai in the corner. Bringing her out halfway across the ring. Goes to the cover with that. That's not going to get the job done, but it's going to tire out Rhea Ripley. This is all about the NXT UK women's division right now here on the, the WNR UK special. Beautiful dropkick by Ripley. Goes to the cover, but Dakota Kai managing to kick out. Rhea Ripley taking down Kai. Just pummeling away at the back of her head. Oh, my word. And Rhea Ripley's been in complete control. Picking up the suplex. I mean, she must have her for at least 15 seconds. At least 25 seconds. But Kai rose under. Goes for the pin. But Ripley managed to kick out. And responds immediately with a drop kick. Goes for another cover. One, two. Oh, Oh, only a two count. Two. And Rhea Ripley now has been dominant. But Kai trying to kick out of this. Ah. Indeed, and Kai's managed to get some separation, but I think that's just pissed Rhea Ripley off, and the look on her face oh my God. says it definitely has. Oh, nice kick by Kylo. Well, Ripley looking up, I'm going to kind of scorpion kick there for from uh, Dakota Kai. And now both women trading, and Kai has the advantage. Oh, and another beautiful kick there by Kai. Double drop kick, sending Rhea Ripley into the turnbuckles. Perched up. Oh, bang. Running boot to the face. Can Dakota Kai pull out an upset victory here? Well, that is a question. What is the answer? Ripley in trouble. Here comes Kai again. A hell of a kick. Oh, my God. Kai's out. Ripley's out, too. Oh, my God. Raya Ripley was in big trouble then. Managed to get the shoulder off at two. Two. And then now again rolling to the outside for a bit of separation. And for someone who's only 22 years old, that is showing a lot of experience. She can't get pinned on the outside and Kai's on the apron. Might try one of those kicks again. And Ray Ripley realised this time, caught it! Face first onto the edge of the ring. Ripley throws her back into the ring. Going in for the cover. One, two. two. Oh, no. A kick out from Kai. Ah, I'm really impressed by Ray Ripley and Dakota Kai. I think they're the next in line now. Do you know what I mean? We, we see it. Like These are the people that are going to be on Raw and SmackDown in a couple of years' time. Yeah, well done. Patronising at all. But, you know, this is what NXT UK is about. Give them a chance to shine. Well, these two are two of the three potential wrestlers that could be the first ever NXT UK women's champ. We'll need first three. There's still Tony Storm and... Oh, no, Tony Storm was it, actually. It's his last semi-final. No, there's Tony Storm's final, semi-final, but Tony Storm's going to win it, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Forearm by Ripley. She's got Kai up now. Trying to go for that set-out. Kai realises, rolls her up, but no. Again, oh, two count. Two. And a kick to the head from Kai. Then I've got the arm and just kicking away. This is vicious by Kai. This is the second one. Just after the pump handle slam. Slammed it down. One, two, three. Very, very impressive there by Ray Ripley, showing that she's got what it takes to take to that next level. And Dakota Kai, again, there could be no bigger uh, kind of thing to say than, like, uh, they they belong. They wouldn't be out of place in Raw SmackDown. You know, this is as good. They're not rip-offs to anybody who's got their own characters. It was uh, really, really good. You know, is there anything else to add to that, Dan, do you reckon? No, you know, Dakota Kai and her kicks, certainly, you know, it it proves that size isn't everything. Yeah, I mean, even women could have believed me on this match, and it's close, fight them to the end. I, I like I said, I really enjoyed this. 
Well, we go backstage and Sid Scala tells Radzi that Johnny Saint has given him an opportunity to face Joe Coffey in two weeks. Radzi wonders if that's a good idea, but Scala seems cautiously confident. Ooh. Well, Radzi is joined by Jordan Devlin. Devlin tells Radzi that by defeating Liguero, he has cemented himself as the number one contender for the WUK title. Devlin says that when he becomes champ, he's going to rename NXT UK NXT Island featuring the UK. And we go to match two, which is Webster Morgan Flash <laughs> going against Man uh, Webster <laughs> Morgan Webster Flash and Mark Andrews versus Saxon Huxley and Joseph Connors. Well, this is a good match. Webster and Andrews are fast and fun to watch. I think there might have been an uphill battle in the tag division because a lot of underdog-style matches. But that's part of the fun with them. Huxley and Connors might be a pretty good team, but the Huxley refuses to tag Connors late in the match. It seems like their time as a duo is limited. Yes, and uh, as you say, that after the match, Connors attacks Huxley. After some punches, Connor hits Huxley with Don't Look Down. Match three was Dave Mastiff versus Tyson T-Bone. And we saw these two guys kind of square enough after they both had squash matches, or one of them had a squash, mat, squash match, and the other one was going down to the ring for him. It was a good match. It was all about Tyson T-Bone trying to beat Dave Mastiff down, but Mastiff absorbing the punishment and dishing out some punishment of his own when he could. It was fun, kind of short, but fun. Yeah. A match for the NXT Women's Title Tournament semi-final match. We already know Rhea Ripley is in the final. Who will join her? Will it be Ginny, or will it be Dan's pick for the Mayan Classic? And one of the, I think, strong favourites in this one, Tony Storm. And Ginny and Tony Storm have a long rivalry as well. Tony, Tony Storm. Well, I know we like Tony Storm, but I've got to say I've been impressed with Ginny. Is that you, Ginny? <laughs> no, not that, Ginny. Uh, I've been impressed with Ginny, though. But my, my only problem with her, and I don't know if you agree, she, I, I think she's too skinny. Is that an out of order thing to say now in the, the hashtag... Your body shaming, James. Uh, I'm not body shaming, but I just feel, you know... Would you rather her be fat? I wouldn't rather her be fat. I'm not saying she is fat. I'm just saying, look at the elbow. Very, very small. Alexa Bliss? She is tiny and petite. Alexa Bliss is five foot. Ginny is the same height as Tony Storm, but Tony Storm looks twice the size. You know, let's be fair about this. You're saying Tony Storm's fat now? I'm not saying Tony Storm's fat. Stop fat shaming people. Do not get me involved in it. I am not saying that. I am not saying that. I just, I feel it's a little bit maybe inappropriate for someone to look like that because not everybody has to look like that. We've all got different body types, you know, and all of that should be, you look at NXT UK division, people like Dave Mastiff and Trent Seven uh, and, and people like Dakota Kai and Ray Ripley. They're all different body shapes. I just feel that She's too skinny. I'm going to stop talking about this now because the match has started. She has got very skinny legs. And the elbow. Look at the elbow. It looks like I think Jenny's more technical than Tony Storm. I'm going to say this now. She's been working the arm of Storm and the early going. And I think she's going to have the advantage. Well, Storm takes down Jenny. And Tony Storm has the advantage. Yep. And now Jenny trying to roll up Storm. Nearly had then. Get the two. Two. Storm was shot by that. Well, we know that Tony Storm's got what it takes to win a tournament, but is this prize bigger than the trophy and bunch of flowers that you receive for winning the May Young Classic? I've got to say it is, you know. Storm's been so impressive. I mean, at least you could have been like a call-up to the main roster or like a number one contendership match. But Kari Sane didn't get anything last year for winning the May Young Classic either, did she? So it's not like you can argue about that with Tony Storm. That Kari Sane did end up on the NXT roster, but... You know, as after a little while, so 
maybe they've got other plans for Tony Storm, but they should maybe next year, if they do it again, have a definite, like a, a proper w- point of winning. You know, because there's too many tournaments and there's too many uh, stuff like that going on at the moment where the winner, it means nothing. What did the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic final get? I don't really had it this year, did they? Last year. The year before. Uh, no more contendership match at TakeOver. I think it was a draw, so it was like a three-way match. Uh... And Storm there with a big kick to Ginny takes her down. And now Storm back on the offensive. I mean, like the World Cup, Greatest Royal Rumble. And Storm is working over Ginny. Well, this is a lot more submission-based and wrestling than maybe I would expect. I say wrestling is a... They point on the ground and entwined with each other as opposed to the strikes and stuff that you might see normally. Well, I think this is Tony Storm just showing more of her repertoire that she can do in the ring. Yeah, I think Storm's shown that she could basically do everything there is now. You know, we talk about dealing with the high flyers, uh, going against a more powerful opponent, uh, and now, of course, you know, the more technically wise, as in Ginny. And she's getting taught a lesson by Tony Storm without a doubt. Storm running into the boot of Ginny, though. Ginny trying to get some offense as she throws Tony Storm legs first into the bottom turnbuckle. Goes for a cover. Only a one count. One. I think referee's a bit slow to... Ginny is in the ascendancy. Stomping Storm in the corner. But isn't this a classic Storm match? I mean, you know, she gets a bit of offense. Spends a lot of the match getting beaten down. Comes back and wins, you know, with... uh, Against, you know, uh, come back and wins after getting beaten down by a Yeah, hey, I, I think with Storm, that's kind of the, the one we saw it the most, haven't we? You know, it's not kind of back and forth match. It is more the fact of Storm getting worked on. It kind of gives away the result. Maybe a little bit. I think I would love to see Storm in a back and forth match, but I don't know. Maybe her knee's just gone there. That Irish whip by Jenny and Storm went down. And that leg might be serious trouble. And Jenny now going to try a suplex. Rolls through for a cover. One, two. Oh, but a kick out from Storm. Uh, and Tony Storm trying to fight this. Hitting Jenny. Couple of slats. Spinning heel kick to the midsection. Ginny ducks a close-on attempt, though, but a headbutt oh. from Storm knocks both women out. And that was cool then. Come on, Jimbo. Fuck us. Half hour left. Fuck us. Do you want a protein shot? Woo! Ah, motherfucker. Jenny, I love you, Jenny. Come on now, James. And now both women on their knees, slugging it out. Well, we try and get to the final UK Women's Championship. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And now here we go. Which woman's going to win this duel? Looks like Storm's coming out on top at the moment. Multiple forearms, but Jenny with a kick gets caught by Storm. A snap German suplex, and this has just fired Tony Storm up. Well, Ginny is perched in the corner, prone. This could be the end. Now here comes Storm. Oh, hip attack. Go up for the Fisher woman suplex. Goes for no, Ginny somehow managing to kick out. Oh, yeah. But still going straight to the outside. Well, we don't start see Storm going up that often. Well, she's going to do it now. She knows what it takes to get through to the final. But Ginny up, kick to the head. And now Ginny's in control. No, just as I say that, headbutt by Storm. No, as you say that, Ginny <laughs> with a slap to the head. <coughs> 
And now both second rope. No, as you say, that forearm by Tony Storm. And now Ginny's down. Oh, and Ginny kicking both the feet out of Storm. X-Factor. Oh, my God. Off the second two. rope. Oh, but Tony managing to kick out. Oh, now that was impressive by Jono. Ginny's beaten absolutely everybody with that move, Dan. Oh, ripcord lariat, though, but Tony Storm ducks it. Oh, my God. She went for Storm Zero, but Jono... Overhead kick there. Goes for the cover, but Storm too close to that second bottom rope there. My God. The way she rolled. Ginny won the last match with that move. Storm's out at the moment. Here she comes running in, and Storm dodges it. Jumps over the top. Another snap German suplex. Oh, she got her in position. Storm zero, set out. One, One, two, two, three. Job and it is done. Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley in the NXT UK Women's Championship final match. Very good match. This was another good chapter in the rivalry between Ginny and Tony Storm. It was a great way to end the semi-finals of the tournament. This was a good back and forth match with a lot of strong moves by both women. Dan, what are your thoughts on this match? You you said it all perfectly there. You know, even Ginny, she held her own against Tony Storm. A hot prospect. In this NXT UK Women's Division. I'd like to see a few more matches from her. But we go to the ring area. And after the match. Johnny Saint congratulates the two women. Headed to the finals of the NXT UK Women's Title Tournament. Yeah, I mean a very good show. The women's matches delivered like I hope they would. And the other two matches in the show were fun as well. So move on to November 28th. Episode 11. And we're still in Birmingham, England. The announcers are Nigel McGuinness and Vic Joseph. Well, we go to match number one, and that is Zia Brookside versus Millie McKenzie. Zia Brookside and Millie McKenzie versus Charlie Morgan and Killer Kelly. Well, Morgan and Brookside start things off they lock up. Brookside with a side headlock and a wrist lock. Zia with a top wrist lock to take Morgan to the mat. Morgan kips up, but Zia sends her back down. Morgan with a reversal into a Rick. Morgan with a reversal into a wrist lock. He and Hesses. Brookside with a drop kick and Millie tags in. Millie with a swinging suplex and Zia with a knee. Millie gets a near fall. Well, Kelly tags in and Morgan with an elbow. Millie with a takedown into a front face lock on Kelly. Millie with an arm bar. Millie with a forearm and closed over a near fall. Millie with a waist lock, but Kelly blocks the suplex attempt. Kelly runs Millie into the turnbuckles and Kelly with a waist lock, takedown and kicks. Kelly with elbows to the back, followed by a few good kicks. Kelly with a curb stomp using a hair fracture leverage. Kelly with a punch and waist lock. Well, Mia with a jab, Zia and Morgan tag in. And Zia blocks a super kick and hits a jawbreaker. Zia with running bulldog and Hesses a takedown. Zia with a running double knee strike to the back and then she goes up top. Kelly grabs Zia by the ankles and Zia is sent into the ring post. Millie with a spear to Morgan when the referee's not looking and Zia with a jackknife cover for the free count. And your winners are Miller McKenzie and Zia Brookside. And we see Pete Dunn in the back as he gets ready for his match against Jordan Devlin tonight. Match number two. Two. Dennis, uh, Eddie Dennis versus Ashton Smith. Well, they lock up and Dennis takes Smith to the mat and applies a wrist lock. Smith with an escape and a side head lock. Dennis goes for a belly-to-back suplex, but Smith lands on his feet. Dennis with a shoulder tackle, but Smith with a drop kick. Smith with a leg lariat and Derek... Derek <coughs> Smith with a leg lariat and Dennis goes to the floor. Smith with a suicide dive, but Dennis catches Smith and hits an uranagi onto the apron. Then Dennis sends Smith into the ring. Well, Dennis with the boots to the chest, Dennis with a forearm and a hard Irish whip. 
Smith with punches, but Dennis with a judo throw into a near fall. Dennis with a cravat. Smith with punches, but Dennis with knees. Smith with a net breaker, and both men are down. Smith with punches, but Dennis with a knee to the midsection. Smith with closed eyes to Dennis, and he hits a springboard drop kick to knock Dennis to the floor. And Smith with a plancher. Smith sends Dennis back into the ring, and Smith goes up top. Then with a leg lariat for a near fall. Smith runs into a boot from Dennis, and Dennis goes to the turnbuckles. Smith with a drop kick, Dennis on the turnbuckles, and Smith climbs the turn. Smith sets for a superplex, but Dennis with the forearms, and he slips under. Dennis with the seventh bridge and next stop driver for the free count. And your winner is Eddie Dennis. We take a look at what happened last week when Saxon Huxley refused to tag in Joseph Connors and then the subsequent post-match breakup of the team. Yeah, we go to commercial match number three, Saxon Huxley versus Joseph Connors. Huxley with forearms and punches as the bell rings. Huxley with uppercuts and Connors with punchless. Huxley Matt again with punches. Huxley with a European uppercut. Huxley with a punch to Connors and Connors with a knee. Connors with punches and forearms. Connors sends Huxley into the turnbuckles. Connors with an Irish whip and Huxley with a shoulder tackle. Huxley with a back body drop. Connors with a short arm close on and punches to Huxley. Connors with punches and forearms as Huxley tries to block the punches to his face. Connors with a single arm Japanese stranglehold. Connors with a boot to the head. Connors puts Huxley on the top turn buckle and hits him with forearms to the back. Connors sends Huxley into the turnbuckles and connects with elbows to the head. Connors runs into a boot, then hits a running knee and drop kick. Huxley with a running knee to the head and then he goes for a powerful, but Connor lands on his feet. Connors with forearms to the back. Huxley with a closed line for a near fall. Huxley misses the running boot and gets caught on the ropes. Connors with a German suplex for a near fall. Connors with a set-out spine buster for a near fall. Connors slaps Huxley and then kicks him in the face. Connors with a package DDT for the free count. Your winners, Joseph Connors. Vic mentions the NXT UK Women's Championship match and Nigel says, Here's my gal, Tony Storm, and we have a video package. Yes, you fucker. <laughs> She says she's always felt pigeons. What? She says she always felt pressure. Children dream of this and want the glory. To be a history maker, there's going to be pressure. You're going to be looking at history at the NXT UK Women's title, and you'll see her at number one, and you cannot take that from her. She's going to raise the bar. Her whole life has led to this point. It's not something she wants. It's something she needs. Rhea is one of the best pure wrestlers in the world. She is tough, powerful, and strong. But can she handle the pressure and do t- what Stony Storm can do? Rhea will not be the first UK Women's Champion. Tony says she has worked nine years for this and she has sacrificed and given everything just for this match. This is the time and it is her time. This is Tony time. <laughs> what time is it? Tony time. Well, Jordan Devlin is in the back getting ready for his match against Pete Dunne. We go to get back with a look at Rhea Ripley. Raya says, this is the new Raya Ripley. She has come to the UK to absolutely rip this women's division apart. Zia Brookside ripped apart. Dakota Kai ripped apart. Tony Storm will be another victim who will be... Ripped apart. Rhea says she has seen what Tony can do, but the last step for her is Rhea Ripley. Her name, title. she will be the first ever UK women's champion. Tony Storm, this is where it all ends. Match number four is Jordan Devlin versus Pete Dunne for the NXT UK Men's Championship. Dunne wants Devlin to come to him as the bell rings. They lock up and Dunne with a wrist lock. Devlin with a head scissors and Dunne with an escape. Devlin slaps Dunne and Dunne slaps back. Dunne with a wrist lock and he puts the hand on the mat and tries to stomp on the elbow but Devlin gets his arm free. Devlin with a wrist lock and he takes Dunne to the mat. Dunne with a monkey flip and Devlin gets to the apron. Devlin with a forearm to Dunne and Devlin punches to Dunne. 
Devlin with a side headlock, Dan with a clothesline, Dan with a hammerlock using a leg and he pulls the arm and pulls at the fingers. Dan with a double hammerlock and a boot to the head, Dan with a kick to the back and Devlin with an Irish whip. Devlin stops Dan from flipping out of the corner, Devlin with a lunge bar for a near fall. Devlin with a forearm lap and Dan with punches, Devlin with a, with a urinagi and a standing moonsault for a near fall. Devlin with a forearm to Dan and Dan wants more so Devlin obliges. Dan with a forearm that says Devlin to the tarmbar calls. Devlin with an Irish whip and Dan flips over and hits a running boot. Devlin goes for a German suplex, but Dan lands on his feet and kicks Devlin. Dan with an X-plex into an armbar submission, but Devlin with a roll-up for an ear full. Devlin with a kick to the head and he hits a running face wash. Devlin pulls Dan up into the Sato suplex for an ear full. Devlin with four arms to the back. Devlin goes for a standing moonsault, but Dan moves. Dan stands on Devlin's left hands as he stomps on the hand a number of times. Dan... Grabs the fingers, but Devlin with a forearm. Dan with a forearm, but Devlin with a standing C4, but Dan applies the Koji clutch. Devlin is able to roll to the ropes to break the hold. They go to the floor, and Dan puts a hand on the ring steps, but Devlin pulls his hand away, and Devlin steps, sends Dan into the ring steps. Devlin with a Spanish fly off the ring steps to the floor. Both men are down, and the referee starts his count. Both men get back just in before the 10 count. Devlin and Devlin go face to face on the mat and pick themselves up. Dan stands on the hand and stomps on them, and then he kicks Devlin. Devlin escapes the X-Plex and hits a reverse runner for a near fall. Devlin with a forearm to the head, but Dan with a forearm. When Devlin goes for a springboard move, Dan... Hits bitter end, but he cannot take advantage. Devlin rolls to his chest to prevent the cover from being made. Dan and Devlin go to the apron, and Devlin sends Dan back first into the ring post. Devlin puts Dan in the turnbuckle, and Devlin sets for a Spanish fly from the turnbuckles and hits it, but Dan kicks out. Devlin gets to his feet first and tells Dan to get up. Devlin with a punch, and Dan goes down. Dan pulls himself up, and Devlin with a headbutt. Devlin pulls out Dan's mouthpiece and hits a super kick for a near fall. Devlin goes up top, goes for a moonsault, but he's caught in a triangle. Dan with the elbows and the he- Dan with the elbows to the head, and Devlin gets to the ropes. Dan pulls Devlin back to the centre of the ring, pulls out the fingers, and Devlin taps out. And your winner, Pete Dunn, and another fantastic match from Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn can do no wrong in my eyes. Just a great performer. He, he, Jordan Devlin, for goodness sake, and he had a classic encounter with him. So, November 28th, episode 12. I can't believe we've watched 12 episodes already. Where does the time go? Indeed, yes. But eight women had the chance to be named the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. Tony Storm and Ray Ripley will meet in the finals for that honour. We are in Birmingham, England. And your announcers are Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness. We see Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm getting ready for their match later tonight. Joe Coffey sends Mark Coffey and Wolfgang to the back. Sid Scala comes out and says that he's not medically cleared to face Joe Coffey tonight. He says Johnny Saint has given him the opportunity to introduce his replacement. And that is Tyler Bate. Bate with punches as the bell rings. Kofi responds with punches to Bate. Bate with punches on his own. Kofi with a series of punches and a chop. Coffee with an Irish whip and Bate with a knee. Bate with a drop kick and a suicide dive onto Kofi. Kofi with punches he tries to send Bate into the ring steps. But Tyler is able to stop himself and hit a back elbow and an elbow off the ring steps. Well, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang make their way to ringside and Joe uses distraction to hit Bate from behind as they send him into the apron and guardrails. They return to the ring and Bate tries to get Joe up for an airplane spin. Joe with a headbutt to send Tyler into the corner. Joe with punches and kicks in the corner, but Bate chops, but Joe with a punch. And then Joe with a butterfly swing and a butterfly suplex for a near fall. Joe works on the neck with a nerve hold and then he applies a Japanese stranglehold. 
Bate gets to his feet and he tries to reverse the hold, but Joe's able to rotate Tyler around the hold. Bate tries to reverse the hold and Coffey tries to block, but Bate finally applies the hold. Joe with a snap there and overhead belly to belly throw for a near fall. Joe with a single arm Japanese stranglehold. Joe with a shoulder, but Bate responds with punches. Joe blocks a jab, but you but Joe blocks the jab, but Bate with a punch and a running European uppercut into the corner. Joe with a splash, but Bate with a European uppercut. Bate cannot get Joe on his shoulders, but Bate hits a runner, followed by a standing shooting star press for a near fall. Tyler sets up for the Tyler drive of 97, but Mark gets on the apron and Joe with a punch. Joe with a power slam for a near fall. Trent Seven makes his way to the ring and he's limping due to the knee brace on his left knee. Joe with a race lock and Bate blocks a German suplex. Bate with elbow and he gets Joe on his shoulders, but Joe with elbows to escape. Bate runs into a boot and Joe goes for a double jump cross body, but Bate moves and Joe hits a mat. Joe misses a discus clothesline, but Bate does not miss for a rebound clothesline. Tyler finally gets Joe on his shoulders for the airplane spin, then he completes the round trip on the airplane. Joe with punches, but Bate with a rolling kick. Bate sets for the Tyler driver 97, but Mark and Wolfgang attack Bate, while Trent helped to make the save, and the referees call for LaBelle. So the winner is Tyler Bate by disqualification. After the match, Wolfgang runs Trent into the corner. They continue their attack on Bate and Seven. Pete Dunn's music plays and he makes his way to the ring and he goes after Joe. Bate and Seven gain control and that sends Wolfgang, Mark and Joe to the floor. So Pete Dunn, not only has he got people coming up to him, but now he will gun help people. He helped Trent Seven and Tyler Bate against the, the coffee kingdom as it was in Joe and Mark along with Wolfgang. It's, it's fucking brilliant from Pete Dunn. Match number two is Dan Maloney versus Leguero. Well, Maloney pie faces Leguero and Leguero with a kick and a side headlock. Maloney, Maloney tries to get out of the headlock, but Leguero holds on. Maloney, Maloney puts Leguero on the apron, but misses a punch. Leguero with a leg lariat and a near fall. Leguero with a jawbreaker and he tries for Hess's takedown, but Maloney blocks it. Leguero gets to his feet and he kicks Maloney. Leguero with a head scissors takedown from the turnbuckles for a near fall. Well... Maloney pushes Leguero away, but Leguero with an elbow. Down with a spine bust for a near fall, and then with seated abdominal stretch with punches to the ribs. And then with a forearm to the back and a chop in the corner. Hits it with another chop and a third chop as well. Hits it with a slam and he goes to the turnbuckles, but takes too much time. Leguero and lose when Maloney goes for a leg drop. And then Leguero with a kicks and he goes up top and avoids a charge by Maloney. And then he hits a seated senton splash. Maloney misses punches the Leguero with insecurity and then he hits a slingshot slice spread number two for a near fall. Leguero sends Maloney to the floor and then with a plancha onto Maloney. They return to the ring and Leguero hits a springboard tornado DDT for the free count. Yeah, your winner, Leguero. Match number three is Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams versus Zach Gibson and James Drake. Williams and Gibson start things off. They lock up and Gibson with that. Gibson with a side head lock, Williams with a wrist lock, but Gibson takes Williams down and applies a wrist lock and tags in Drake. Drake with a kick and a punch. Williams lands on his lands on his feet on a belly to belly suplex attempt. Williams and O'Connor roll for a near fall. Williams with an O'Connor roll for a near fall. Williams with a springboard back elbow for another near fall. Williams sends Drake into the turnbuckles and tags in Jordan, who hits a hip toss and then he does some dancing. Then a crossbody and a dropkick for a near fall. Headlock and Gibson makes a blind tag. He hits a double thrust to the throat, then connects with a forearm. Then with a forearm and a snapmare, followed by a kick to the back. And then Gibson with a cobra clutch. Drake makes the tag and he hits Jordan with a forearm and he gets a near fall. Drake with a European uppercut and punches. Gibson tags in, they double team Jordan in the corner. Gibson with a slam, he tabs in Drake and drops Drake on top of Jordan for a near fall. 
Draped with a reverse chin lock, Jordan is sent into the turnbuckles, Gibson tags in and kicks him. Yeah, Gibson pushes Jordan down and he tells Jordan to come at him. Jordan misses with a few punches and gives him with a drop kick for a near fall. Gibson is trapped arm suplex for a near fall. He then returns to a Cobra clutch. Jordan with punches but gives him with a forearm. Jordan gets over Gibson but Gibson makes a tackle before Jordan can make the tag. Drake tags in and hits a forearm. Drake misses a drop kick to the corner and Jordan tries to make the tag. Gibson tags in and Williams is tags in. Williams with a drop kick and he knocks Drake down on the apron. Williams with punches and a victory gourd buster for a near fall. Williams is running to the turnbuckles and Drake tags in. Gibson with shoulder in the corner. Jordan catches Williams on a double suplex attempt. Williams and Jordan send Drake and Gibson to the floor. Williams with a baseball slide to Gibson and Drake and Jordan Williams with a stereo suicide dive. Drake stops Williams on the turnbuckles and Gibson tags in. They hit ticket to ride for the free count. And your winners are James Drake and Zach Gibson. We see Ray Ripley and Tony Storm walking in the back. And WWE NXT UK General Manager Johnny Saint makes his way to the ring with the NXT UK Women's Championship title belt as we go to commercial. And here we go. Tony Storm and Ray Ripley have made their way down. We are going to crown a new NXT UK champion. Who's your pick, Dan? It's got to be my girl, Tony Storm. Well, I've got to go Ray Ripley in this one. There's a bonus point on the line, no, isn't there, Dan? You said no. that. No, you said no. bonus point. No. So we'll go bonus point. No. Winner of this one. I've got to go Ray Ripley in this one. She's so dominating. If there's a bonus, I'm going to go for Ray Ripley. <laughs> Storm with the hip attack. She's starting early. What does Storm have to do if she wants to win this one, Dan? Well, we know that Ray Ripley is a brutal, unrelentless competitor and she will do whatever it takes to become the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. Tony Storm needs to weather all the punishment that Ray Ripley can dish out and just, you know, keep on a relentless attack, try and wear Ripley down and just get the victory. She knows what it takes to be become the, in a tournament, so hopefully she can win this. Well, and ma- not make any mistakes and she's just made one. She started strong. Had Ray Ripley on the barricade, went in for a hip attack and Ripley moved. And now it's Ray's chance to beat up on Tony Storm. Sends her into the apron. And Ray Ripley comes back out to break the count. Very clever of her, going after Tony Storm. And Ripley has gone through the competition. Let's not forget, beating Dakota Kai in the last round. And then first up, of course, beating Zia Brookside. And of course, Tony Storm, she came through this one beating James's pick in the May Young Classic. Uh, she beat Isadorn in the quarters, and then she beat Ginny, Ginny in the semis to get here. And uh, Tony Storm looks in a lot of trouble there. She may have got an injury after running back first into Barricade. Well, no, what happened there was she was going to go for the uh, Storm Zero, it looked like, on the apron. And unfortunately for her, Ray Ripley backdropped her as she hit the apron there, the hardest part of the ring. And then not only impact there, came onto the wafer fin mats and then hit Barry Cade as well. So she's going to have serious lower back issues, Ray Ripley. That's why at the moment she's very happy about this situation. Situation. It's a major match for Ray Ripley. Major match. 22 years old going into this. If she can beat... The winner of the May Young Classic will send a huge statement to everybody, not just in the UK roster, but in the WWE. And Ripley now mounting Storm. Big punches raining down. And Storm, again, like you said, Dan, getting beaten down. Will she make a big comeback in this match right now? Well, this is what Storm has been known for. She's been known to weather the Storm and then come back and hit the Storm Zero for the victory. Ray Ripley, Irish ripping a corner. You can see the pain and anguish on Tony Storm's face. 
and that back is certainly going to have a bullseye drawn onto it. Ray Ripley now, brilliant shoulder thrust in the corner. She's showing experience beyond her years here, backing Storm up in the corner, breaking when the referee does it, when it asks. Oh my God, and Ray Ripley there, huge kick to the back of Tony Storm. Well, I tell you what, Ray Ripley's in control of this one. She's just got the submission at the moment, just wearing down Storm. But oh, look at Storm, managing to turn it. Tony Storm fighting back with some thunderous punches to the head. Now she's up to her feet, big forearms, side headlock. But Ray Ripley with a shin buster. Oh my, and that was it for now. Ripley tying her up. We saw this move with Dakota Kai. We told her Cloverly standing up, and Storm is in serious trouble now. Yes, James, that is a certainly a modified cloverleaf there. And it is one of the most brutal moves you can put on the legs of someone. And especially with Tony Storm's back injury there. You are right about that, Dan. Nigel. Nigel. Sorry, you're right about that, Nigel. And Storm can't get out of the moment. Tony Storm manages to get to the bottom rope, though. And a huge kick by Ray Ripley. Sickening impact. Yes, and Ripley has been relentless throughout this whole match so far. Just screaming at Tony Storm. Storm now responding with punches and slaps any way she can. Ripley's rocked at the moment. Storm dodges. Looking for that snap German. A deadlift German now, though. Oh, Ripley's just too strong. Breaks the hold. Kick to that injured midsection, and she's smirking. No, James, she hasn't got a cigarette on her gob. She's got a smile on her face because she knows Tony Storm is injured. And now she's going to go Storm for that hits suplex. The snap German suplex. Well, after Ray Ripley's suplex, like I said, Storm with a German. Keeps a release. Is she going for the three amigos? Of Germans. Uh, but no, Ray Ripley stops it. Comes in and Storm with a headbutt. Rocking Ripley. Finally hitting that third German suplex with the bridge. Oh, but Ripley managing to kick out. Oh, I saw most of Ray Ripley's then. And now Storm looking to finish off Ray Ripley. Come running in. Shining wizard there. And now Storm trying to build a bit of momentum. Ripley's is in trouble at the moment, but Storm's taking a hell of a lot of damage. Oh, hip attack. She's weathering the pain and oh. double knees to the chest. And now Ripley may be out being pulled in. Storm with a cover one. one. Two. two. Oh. And Ripley somehow gets a shoulder up at two. Two. How close Storm was there to having just a fantastic 2018. Na, 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 na. Tony, Tony Storm. Tony Storm. Tony, Tony Storm. So what's been the chant of the night as Storm looks to put away Ray Ripley now, Dan? Happy birthday to the Amdar. <laughs> it must be. Drop kick by Ripley. Go for the cover. Oh. Storm. Kicks out. Oh. Yeah, happy birthday is good. I like fun, just Juicy Thunderliger chant. Juicy Thunderliger was good. I like Fight Forever chant. I think that's quite cool. And now Ripley eyes ripping Storm in the corner. The Storm jumping over the top. Ripley hitting the ring post. And now she's in serious trouble. Storm rolling up. Ripley. One, two. two. Oh. oh. But Ripley managing to kick out. Oh, uh, well, I think that was maybe Storm's a bit of a mistake. Bridging over. Too much. Forgot about the injured midsection. But now she's going to look to put Ripley away. Storm zero. Oh, but Ripley deposits Storm over the top rope to the outside. Eliminates her from the Royal Rumble. Well, that's the second time she's trying to hit it. And the second time it's come back to haunt her. Ripley sending Storm into barricade. Not once. But twice. And now throws her back in. Is Storm easy prey? Ripley. 
Rolls it through, goes for the cover. One, two. No. Oh. Still managing to kick out. Oh. And now Ripley looking to finish it with a pump handle slam to Tony Storm. No, Storm with a backslide. Kick to the midsection, looking for Storm Zero for a third time. Oh, But she her can't. back just gives out. She can't. Too much injury to the midsection. And now Ray Ripley. Plant Storm. One, two, three. And we have got a new LXC UK champion. And look how surprised most of the crowd are that Ray Ripley got the job done. She has beaten Tony Storm. Might People might say it's an upset, but Dan, I think it's the right move. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> um, it certainly is an upset. Tony Storm has been on one hell of a run, been undefeated for quite a while now. You know, all throughout the May Young Classic. Um, but it's, it's going to give something for Tony Storm to fight for. Something to fight back and prove that she's worthy of holding the NXT UK Women's Championship. Yeah, I think that'd be meshed well, so it'd be a feud I wouldn't mind seeing. More of Storm versus Ray Ripley, you know. I think that's a very good match. Ripley got the win, and I think the Hill champion works sometimes, but I know Dunn's the exception to the rule. But uh, I think Ray Ripley, she's impressed me enough to think she can carry it, you know. I wouldn't class Dunn as a Hill. No, no I'd say he's the exception to the rule because he's the kind of face now, isn't he? So... I mean, usually it's better with well, a heel I, 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 Again, I, don't, I wouldn't class Dunn as a face either. <laughs> what is he, like a, just a tweener? Pete Dunn. <laughs> it's Pete Dunn. Enough said. And I think that's what we found out on today's show. Pete Dunn is Pete Dunn. Uh, we've kind of seen everything as Triple H and Johnny St. Caraccio, Ray Ripley, given about Dan. What we're going to do, we see the rest of the NXT UK roster stand on stage during the ceremony. Um, what has been your favourite thing... I mean, we've seen NXT UK, Rev Pro, World of Sport we talked about. What's been your favourite thing in everything? Aside from Lord Gideon Gray, it's probably been Zack Sabre Jr. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that submission was freakishly good, wasn't it, at the end? That was very innovative. It was. A great match for Kushida. Uh, we see some great stuff today, though. Noam Dar versus Pete Dunne. Uh, Pete Dunne versus Danny Birch. Pete Dunne versus anybody, basically. Uh, the NXT UK women's title be on the line. We've got look forward to the NXT tag team titles. We see Mustache Mountain, of course, and Tyler Bay. I think it's been really, really good, you know? And UK talent, there's a lot of stuff on, especially when they do two hours every week. Don't get me wrong. But if you do catch up with it, it is worthwhile. It is, you know, it's worth it, isn't it? You know, the, the, these 24 hours we spent watching all these programs, it has been worth it. So uh, I, I would say it's good. Final thoughts on the uh, whatever we've watched today, Dan, before we move on. Yeah, um, you know, if, if these are what go, if these are anything to go by, the, uh, you know, the whole UK wrestling scene is, yeah. and, you know, it, it's definitely got a chance. And, you know, you can kind of see why the NXT have opened its UK division just because of the impact that it's made on NXT TV and on the WWE TV as well. Well, there's been some positives and negatives about this, so we're going to move on to uh, UK news now. Uh, And Triple H announced on Twitter... NXT returns to the place it began, the place we first took over. Blackpool will stream live from the Empress Ballroom on January 12th, 2019 on the WWE Network. So we are getting takeover Blackpool, Dan. It's huge news. Uh, it, what are your thoughts on it? it? I couldn't be more happy. You know, it is... Again, it is, you know, what UK is all about. Yeah. And, you know, having its own takeover events... 
Will it kind of draw a crowd to it? Will it kind of, you know, encourage WWE to bring a pay-per-view over to England well, as well? Well, I'm, I'm hoping so. And I feel a bit sorry for 205 Live game for that long and not actually having an event to go to. It's good that a takeover event can take place in Blackpool and there's actually meaning to the storylines now as well, you know what I mean? Well, you said that about 205 Live. They kind of started making their impact on the kickoff events. They finally moved to the main card and the two guys absolutely fucking killed it. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. But more news on the takeover event as well. Well, several matches were then announced for the show over the next couple of nights, leaving the lineup looking like this. So we've got a no DQ match, Eddie Dennis versus Dave Mastiff. We've got the NXT UK Tag Team Championship, Grizzled Young Veterans, which is James Drake and Zach Gibson, versus Mustache Mountain, which is Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. You've got UK Women's Championship, Ray Ripley versus May Young Classic winner Tony Storm in a rematch that we just watched now. And we've got the NXT UK Championship, Pete Dunne defending his title against Joe Coffey. So it kind of makes perfect sense what we've seen, really, haven't we? You know, we've seen Joe Coffey be dominant with the group. We know how good Pete Dunne is. Ray Ripley and Tony Storm, of course. We know about Mustache Mountain. We're going to see the Grizzled Young veterans trying to, you know, take over, so to speak, in the next few weeks of NXT TakeOver uh, UK, I guess. And, of course, Eddie Dennis has been squashing people. And same with Dave Mastiff, so it's two big men, basically. Well, yes, at least one... Indeed. Uh, at least one further back we can see we added to this four match card ahead of the 12th of January but above all is that was announced in Liverpool over the past few nights well the tag title match concludes of a two round tournament with Grizzled Young Veterans overcoming Wolfgang and Mark Coffey at the first stage earning the right to face Baiting Seven who defeated Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews Ripley vs Storm meanwhile is a rematch of the NXT UK Women's Title Tournament Finals that were taped in August Although the competition is still playing out on weekly TV. And yes, we will be back again before TakeOver, which we will bring you, I will announce it now, we're going to bring it to you live. We're going to for NXT TakeOver Blackpool, which will be coming to you. So we're going to be having four live shows in January now. It's going to be quite the event. Not discussing it with Dan yet, but breaking news. <laughs> we are going to be live for TakeOver Blackpool. And of course, we'll bring you all the... Um, latest NXT UK news and the shows before it. But come on, let's start now with the final four episodes. And not forgetting, we've also got our 200th show as well. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about what a, what a month January is. Not only are we live for NXT TakeOver Blackpool, not only are we live for NXT TakeOver Phoenix and the Royal Rumble 2019, but yeah, the WNR 2 Hundred on the Raw Rumble weekend on the Friday. It's going to steal the show. I feel sorry for Takeover because it's going to have to follow the WNR two hundred when it happens on Friday. And there ain't nobody going to put a better show than the WNR two hundred. Even you've been doing research for it, Dan. Oh, I have indeed. Just listening to our first lot of podcasts, and uh, we have certainly changed an awful lot. We've seen two co-presenters come and go. Yeah. We've seen a butler come and go. We've sung Christmas songs. We've had really weird and random calls, but some of them have paid off, and you know we'll reveal all in the live show. But hopefully, it's going to be a humdinger. But before that, James, we have a Christmas special. Oh, we have no. the year-end predictions. <laughs> no. What a month! We've what kept them in a sealed envelope from the beginning of this year or the end of last year. We made predictions on who's going to be champions and. I've forgotten all of mine. It's I'm sure James has forgotten his. I'm currently, what, 10, 11 10, points? 10 points. 10 points but ahead. But we have got a pay-per-view coming up. We have one pay-per-view. We've got so the Mixed Match Challenge, which is the bonus point as well. 
and also, like you say, with a year-end prediction. So it is not over yet. Just enjoyable to listen to it. Like I say, we've got the Christmas special, we've got the WNR year-end awards, obviously, match of the year and everything like that. But uh, it's, it's, yeah, what a couple of months we've got in store. Well, you talked about the event. Would it do well? And the event sold out in less than three hours today. Triple H tweeted about the success at the box office. The NXT! No, the NXT fans in the UK are a force to be reckoned with. NA TakeOver is sold out, and it took less than three hours. You can still be part of this historic weekend. Get your tickets to NXT UK Blackpool on Sunday, January the 13th now. We are NXT at NXT UK. They're going to do some tapings on the Sunday night as well. But he also said, I'm excited. It's exciting to be, it's going to be something like we've been working for a long time. Uh, just a few hours after landing London, a flight from the US. The talent ball here is so deep and so good that it's been something that I've wanted to pull out in a bigger way to the world. The talent ball here is so deep and so good it's been something that I've been wanting to put out in a bigger way to the world. I've been really excited about this product for some time and I'm excited to be able to show it to the world finally. Yeah, they're amazing talent here. I just want to put it out to the world. I'll be able to sh- You've just done that, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, cool. A new report indicates that W is looking to substantially restrict the number of promotions from talent will be allowed to wrestle in. Well, a WrestleTalk report out today said that following this weekend's tapings in Liverpool, a number of talent were given new contracts. These new contracts come with a pay rise, but also with new caveats. For one, with new caveats. For one, they can only wrestle under the WWE and WWE partner groups, which include Progress, ICW, Fight Club Pro, Attack Pro Wrestling, Future Shock, Over the Top Wrestling, and XWX. They'll be allowed to take the rest of their advertised booking through to the end of the year. Additionally, PW Insider report that these promotions won't be able to film WWE contracted talent, leaving them in dark matches. The NXT UK talent under these new deals reportedly won't be able to wrestle against talent contracted to promotions such as Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, World of Sport or any other promotion that WWE considers major. They also won't be able to perform for a promotion if there isn't a paramedic there. Well, that kind of makes sense with a paramedic, but the other thing is a bit overkill. More local, less known promotion in the UK will likely be hit hardest. Pro Wrestling Chaos announces more than that. Flash Morgan, Webster, El Liguero and James Drake, all under W contract, will no longer be able to perform at their events. Tidal Wrestling also announced that El Liguero will no longer appear at that final show of 2018. Before the new contracts, UK talent were only banned from promotions that has significant streaming or television presence, like Rev Pro or Defiant. The report stresses that these new restrictions don't apply to everyone on the UK roster, but does apply to the majority. That sounds a bit weird, doesn't it, at the moment? You know, it sounds like trying to take control of everything over in the UK. But well, one fan tweeted out to Dunn, saying, I don't think you're truly seeing it from the fans' perspective. You only think of what's best for business for yourself, Pete Dunn. You're selling out to the big American corporation and forgetting your grassroots. Well, the longest-running current WWE champion didn't like hearing that whatsoever. So we just had to comment and not only defend himself, but explain exactly what is going on. Put 12 years, a countless amount of money and months away from home at a time and attempt to get your dream job. When you finally achieve your goal and you can create a great life for your family, I'll make sure to discredit your hard work and tell you you're a sellout. Without the hard work of myself and countless other wrestlers with the goal of signing to a major company, major, major company, company, there wouldn't even be a thriving UK scene to begin with. Support independent wrestling and support independent wrestlers as they take the step, the next step in their career. Exactly. Therefore, you really need to watch what you say online because you, n- you never know if someone like the Bruiserweight will be paying attention. 
done made some pretty good points in his defence. But in all reality, no matter who's upset this situation, situation, it's not the wrestlers' fault they're in this situation. Situation because it was WWE who demanded exclusivity. Well, many fans have been worried about the future of the United Kingdom regional wrestling scene after NXT UK deals were reportedly tightened with additional restrictions. However, NXT UK Pete Dunne isn't among them. He believes the same scene that propelled him to stardom will be just fine. He said British wrestling is safe. Who in most compete at war games. He said it will continue to grow. The talent pool is deep. Your favourite wrestlers are achieving goals and taking steps in their careers. He went to warn fans not to believe every speculative story they see online and then said that the scene is alive and well. Well, we noted before how recent report revealed that WWE was imposing restrictions on their talents from the UK division, which means that they won't be able to work with other promotions in the area. The only exception for this film were the promotions which would have a work relation with the company, and now a new report has revealed some interesting details about this. Well, the, lating, the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer newsletter reveals that the agreement WWE has done with the indie promotions has a clause that allows them to buy and shut down the company if they want to. Part of the WWE's working agreement originally offered and agreed to, where WWE would have the right for the next several years, if they choose, to purchase companies for agreed-upon price, high six figures in at least some cases, and then shut them down so they're not going to compete with themselves, with the idea this would take place when they're running full-time schedules in those markets. Well, while it's most likely WWE would not invoke these clause unless a serious dispute breaks out between them and the partner's promotion... It's still interesting to know that they have such a clause in the contract. I mean, this is very interesting because when Vince McMahon had the global t- or the American takeover of the territories, he bought everybody out of there. Is he doing the same thing with UK division? Uh, it sounds that way at the moment, or maybe Triple H is behind this. Is it a good or bad thing, Dan? Uh, I think it is. it has the potential to be a good... Well, you know, obviously not being able to buy out companies and shut them down so they're no longer compete with themselves. But, you know, it is, as we've seen with NXT, when some of the best talent moves up to the main roster, other people come in to replace it. And, you know, that is what they can do on the uh, local independent scene. And I have no doubt that they will still thrive and they will still, you know, kind of grow. Yeah. Under their own steam. I mean, they're on free sports now, you know what I mean? They're, they're doing their own thing. There is still chance, there is still success outside of WWE, whether it be in Britain. And Britain is so hot right now, and that's why WWE are paying attention. They want to take over the world, no doubt. They want to do European, they've already done German tryouts and stuff like this as well. So it'd be something to keep an eye on. But as long as the action's good, and as long as people are getting paid all right, then like Pete Dunne says, it's good for wrestling because there are going to be people there. All right, so a bit of NXT news now, continuing. And uh, just. <laughs> Uh, as you would have it, we've been talking about World of Sport and Justin Sidemen, uh, sorry, Justin Sizem, the World of Sport champion, has kind of dropped a, a pipe bomb. Uh, he has wrote an open letter expressing his opinion of the recent changes to the scene. So, Dan, these are the words of Justin Sizem. These words are entirely my own and do not represent any promotion or individual other than myself. Last week, it came to light through independent UK promotions who have been left uncertain of the future, that WWE NXT UK talent have apparently been signed to new contracts, allegedly preventing many of them from outside of the WWE banner from the start of 2019. Talent may honour independent bookings until the end of the year, but are seemingly being prevented from wrestling anyone who is currently contracted to NJPW, Impact, Ring of Honor and World of Sport and many other promotions. 
You can read more about this and a potential impact it will have on many wrestling news websites. WWE have a history of trying and succeeding to conquer smaller promotions. Many believe that the NXT UK brand will only reignite this year once they caught wind of wrestling return to British television without them, signing their roster within weeks of the TV tapings being announced. I personally fear for a future not too far away where WWE has succeeded in its mission and as a consequence destroyed much of our thriving domestic scene. If they eventually decide that they no longer need the expense of a UK brand and pack up, this will leave us with a decimated British independent scene. Wrestlers will find themselves with less places and yet still have to bow to the king that is WWE. So that one day they may be considered for a job. I understand completely why my friends in the business would take these contracts. As for many, it's been a dream since they were little kids to work for the WWE. I'm very proud of their achievements and wish them the greatest success. Fortunately for me, my dreams are different. I hereby pledge to follow in the footsteps of the great British wrestlers that have come before me to continue to build the UK scene into something to be reckoned with. One that can and stand alone. Despite WWE's best effort, unintentional or otherwise, to halt the incredible progress, I will not pander to anything that restricts our thriving scene. I will not tiptoe around it. I do not want a job with them. I want to let every promoter, ring crew member, event staff and fellow wrestler know that we can band together and lead our industry out of these potential stormy waters. We don't have to take anything lying down and we can continue to provide a thriving scene for fans and talent alike. I encourage the fans of our great wrestling scene to continue to attend at independent shows. I promise you the depth of talent in this country means you will not leave disappointed. It's your choice who the next stars are. All of the NXT UK talent got their start here with the support from you and it doesn't have to end with them. I'll sooner die on my sword in defeat than watch what makes our industry so free, diverse and inclusive for both wrestlers and fans alike get eroded away as much as part of the corporate strategy. Bigger share price and global market position. Thank you, your superhuman Justin Seidman. Well, I'm glad Justin Seidman. I was thinking to myself, when we were talking about British wrestling scene, what Justin Seidman thought, and now I'm glad we actually got reaction. What are your thoughts on this open letter before we get the reaction from other people? Um, initially, because I've read this a few times now, and to me it seems like a, a jealous, bitter person who she hasn't made it in WWE, has tried and, you know... Uh, and, and failed and then he goes on to say that they're overtaking everything but he says that the depth of the talent in this country means you will not leave disappointed so he's saying the WWE's taken everyone but there's loads of talent I know yeah. around yeah it kind of doesn't make sense he kind of contradicts himself in ways uh, but a couple of people have had uh, a reply to him WWE UK champion Pete Dunne said, every step myself and other members of the NXT UK roster have taken within WWE over the past two years have been nothing but a benefit to the independent scene. Don't discard that because of hearsay and rumours. And, uh, and Justin Sizem replies, you guys are included in the part about great British wrestlers who came before me. You're a credit to the independent scene, but unfortunately it seems you're not a part of it anymore. This is much more about the organisation and not the individuals. Thanks, reading. Yeah, maybe we ran out of space. Uh, NXT UK is a great opportunity for all UK-based performers to showcase their talents and make a living doing what they love doing. This opening at wrestling is based off nothing but rumours. Don't believe everything you read. Now it's some Tyler Bate. And Justin Sarsen resp- responds with, I was very careful to make sure that I praise you guys for your achievements. 
It is important. People know. Now I'm trying to get British wrestling to the point where people can make a living without... Trent Seven says, hang your head in shame, Justin. We all worked incredibly hard over the past few years to create a thriving scene for all levels of talent to perform on. Delete your tweet and stop attention-seeking. And Sizen's response was, I stand by my words. Hopefully you gave it your full attention and read the whole thing. You are to thank for the great heights we have reached. I'm making a point that I want to go even further without WWE. Well, Pete Dunn then said, NXT coexists with independent scene in the US. The UK will be no different. Let's just take a look at how far British wrestling has come. 12 years ago, when I started, this was not a career for anyone. Now it's attainable, and thus a thriving scene of top quality has emerged. And like we said, WWE reportedly had an option to buy and shut down UK promotions, and that's why Rev Pro owner Aidan Cruden confirmed that uh, he did not part up with the company. So I think for me, Justin Seisman wants a bit of, uh, atten- not attention as such, but this gets him a little bit relevant now, doesn't it? You know, this is the guy kind of, you know, this is the dude who Pete Dunne and everybody like that, you know. So I think there's a bit of this, and I think every right for Pete Dunne to kind of defend himself, you know. Yeah, but it it kind of goes on to say when, you know, most people get into wrestling, they finally make it big. Where is it they make it big? It is in the WWE. Yeah. You know, that is everyone's goals and aspirations. You know, even with me, when I started out as a carpenter, I wanted to start out, I wanted to be an apprentice carpenter to finally make it to a carpenter, then to a business. And, you know, everyone has goals and aspirations that they want to do, and they want to get to the very top of their respective games. Yeah, I, I know, but sometimes, you know, like we say, go back 15 years when uh, the wrestlers only had the Saturday show to wrestle, you know, at your local um Swimming, swimming pool, you know, and and then they were teacher throughout the rest of the week, and now you can actually have a British career, you know, career in British wrestling, just working the kind of independent and not having a so-called normal job. That's what size maybe is trying to make a point at. But Pete Dunne is saying we we made this so it is, you know, and we look at the amount of promotions and the amount of stuff that is around. Uh, I think this is a case where British wrestling is not in any trouble soon, and to parallel it with the. Uh, kind of American takeover Vince McMahon did in the eighties. You know, I, I I don't think it's on that kind of grand scale, but it's it's like I said, Rev Pro um, said they do want to partner up with him. Now they've got their own show on on Sky, uh, so you know, let's let's watch that. Nailed it. Indeed, yes. You know, everyone has their own thoughts and feelings on this, and I think you know if NXT UK is going to be bringing more light to the UK wrestling scene so more people are going to go well you know I'm going to go to my local one there was one a few a couple of weeks ago in Canterbury you know the town mm-hmm. that we live and that featured James Storm I mean you know, he was in NXT and we was calling some of his matches from there so yeah. y- you can still see talented wrestlers wherever you go in any county yeah and that leads us perfectly to tickets so we've talked about Red Pro in this episode we've talked about Welder Sport and NXT UK. So on Friday, February 15th, uh, Rev Pro returned to London to the world-famous York Hall Bethnal Green for High Stakes 2019, and they are bringing you a main event that's going to have the entire wrestling world talking when Will Ospreay goes one-on-one. Uh, this is the email I got from anyway. So this match is you, you don't want to miss, and uh, because I'm part of the mailing list subscribers, <laughs> they sent me a pre-sale, which started, and we got the tickets. So we've got front row is £60.50 with booking fee. For an independent show, that is quite pricey, isn't it, Dan? You know? That is rather pricey, yeah. Uh, second row is basically 
50p short of 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, five pound face value on the night, but front row is all sold out for Rev Pro. Yes, uh, second row is also sold out, and it is, as I say, £49.50, including booking fee. Yeah, or £45 on face value, but unfortunately it's gone. Third row, £38.50 or £35 face value. They're all sold out now. Uh, rows four and five, £29.70 booking fee, £27 face value sold out. Floor seats, £24.20 or £22 all sold out. Uh, balcony tickets, unreserved. £35.20 booking fee, £32 face value sold out. So basically the whole venue is sold out. And that was within uh, a kind of maybe four or five days after I got the email, rechecking it again and being, and it being sold out. It was one of the shows I was so tempted, but we've got, like I said, we've got so much on coming up in the next few months. We just haven't got time for it at the moment. Uh, but it is worthwhile going to see it. And you show Rev Pro's a hot program at the moment. Do you know what I mean? They've, if they base it more on ECW than WCW as a promotion who their fans actually uh, support the product financially, you can always have that kind of hardcore group. This is what I always want for the podcast. You have that hardcore group of people that are always willing to kind of you put money into the product. And it can only be a 1,000 people but that, that can sustain them throughout the year, you know. And someone like Pat coming along here to go to Red Pro, that's a big slap in the face of the WWE as well, which, you know, I know Red Pro probably don't intentionally want to do that, but that's what it is. Uh, so that's Red Pro. We've got World of Sport tickets on sale as well. Yes, and that is at the O2 Guildhall Southampton um, and performing the likes of Justin Sizem, Rampage, Grado, Adam Maxted, Viper and seven more. Yeah, and basically they're all performing at these dates go and have a check at the tickets the tickets are a lot cheaper you get for 20 to 40 pounds you'll be able to get really good seats for these and yes tickets are still available like so it's friday the 18th of january saturday the 19th of january at newport center in of course new point newport saturday 20th of january at half seven it is in bournemouth bic soylent hall sunday 20th of january 7 30 bournemouth bic soylent hall yeah, it's been cancelled now. <laughs> so they couldn't sell <laughs> they out enough tickets for that. Uh, Friday the 25th of January, Victoria Hall, Hall Stoke-on-Trent. Saturday 26th of January, Tower Ballroom in Blackpool. You've got Sunday the 27th of January, which Beach Ballroom in Aberdeen. Friday the 1st of February at half six, Scarborough Spa. You've got 2nd of February at Dern... Gate Theatre in Northampton. And on Sunday, 3rd of February, you have got York Hall, Bethnal Green in London. Which is the same place as Rev Pro is having it. So within a max, you know, that's the 3rd of February, that world of sport is there. And like I said, 15th of February is going to be Pack versus Osprey. I don't think world of sport will have that much support with them. But it is worthwhile if you're around any of those areas. Show starts, I mean... Um, I think the, the earliest show is 6.30, and that is your uh, Scarborough show. But anything else there, I mean, like I said, you've got um, Justin Seisman. You can, you know, chant Pete Dunn at him if you ever go see him. Viper, who's great. Um, Grado as well, which should be fun. Rampage Jackson is, is a good wrestler. So, you know, there's opportunities there. And then NXT UK or NXT or, or WWE shows even as well. Um, you've got Saturday, January the 12th at 8pm in the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool. Yeah, that's sold out. And then you've got NXT UK Live Blackpool Sunday, January 13th. That's at 6pm. Tickets are still on sale for that. And they'll be recording probably four or five episodes of the NXT UK programmes. You've got WWE Live Belfast. Uh, that's Wednesday, 
May the 8th at half seven, and that's at SSE Arena, Belfast, Northern Ireland. You're looking for tickets now from about £40 onwards. You know, the, the WWE, the live shows are going to be a lot more expensive than kind of anything else. They're at Liverpool Echo Arena, and obviously Liverpool, England on May 12th. On May the 13th, they're at the O2 in London, England. Yes. And that we, is for Raw. We shall be there as well. Uh, they're also at Bournemouth uh, on May 13th, uh, 11. That'd probably be the Smackdown. That'd be the Smackdown for over there, yeah. Uh, Smackdown Live in London on Tuesday, May the 14th at 7 at the O2 in London again. Yeah, we'll be there as well. So if you want to come along, say hello to us. Uh, <laughs> we'll be the guys in WNR gear. WWE Live Sheffield, that's May 16th on Thursday as well. And WWE Live in Cardiff, Friday, May the 17th at Cardiff Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, where yours. Yeah, and after those uh, tickets go out, we'll be back for the Download Festival. And, of course, they'll announce the November tour as well that uh, WWE will do. So there is plenty of action around the UK, Dan, isn't there? You know, there's not really anything you can say. If you want to go watch pro wrestling, like I said, it's, it's in the... Uh, it's nearby, or you've got the kind of big shows that we've talked about that are here as well, you know? Indeed, yes. I think it's vital that people know that wrestling is nearby and it's attainable. Yes, it costs a bit of money, but you know, if you save up, it is definitely worthwhile. Nothing at all, no. You know, I'm going to be more of the British talent come through, you know, not just on the NXT UK but I'm going to be watching more Rev Pro and more World of Sport when it comes around yeah I mean you haven't had a British WWE champion yet but we hope in the next 10 years there'll be hundreds tens and hundreds of challenges for that okay so that is it for part 2 don't forget our next episode is Domino 193 it's WWE versus WCW for December and that should be a crack as we build up towards Starcade as well but that's it for today. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network View or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at Jones across all the Google platforms, WWE Network View on Google Plus. Send us an email at WNPodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I'm Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. We've got clips on there, podcasts that will go up on YouTube the same time we do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Spree- Radio, we've got a live show coming. We're live January 12th for NXT Takeover Blackpool. Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. It's been a pleasure watching British wrestling for the past two episodes, but now we concentrate on the Monday Night Wars. But until then, I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. <laughs>